to one and we're live you're tuning to the cosmic children podcast i'm your host kevin and today i have a fascinating individual in the studio with me i struggle to find any sort of way to introduce christopher because he feels like a man of of many uh hobbies many interests and many talents so christopher for those who might not know who you are or might not have heard of you um how would you describe what you do um, I'm a farmer. I grow veggies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in in Singapore. Yep. Uh, actually, I find it quite uh funny because uh it's it's a uh, like everybody in in Thailand or, or India knows how to farm, mm. and then in Singapore doing this sort of blue collar work, uh, people co- sort of find it very intriguing mm. and fancy. But yeah, I'm just in short, I just like grow food. Yeah, yeah. That is a really succinct way of 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 kind of wrapping up what you do <laughs> and. To to kickstart this conversation, I was f- just just kind of thinking to myself, where should I begin? Should I begin with uh your your journey with regards to farming and gardening, or should I begin with uh the different types of work that you have done, let's say overseas and in Australia and stuff stuff like that? But what I really really wanted to ask you to 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 kickstart this conversation is, what is your fascination with insects and why should we eat them? <laughs> why the fuck, Chris? <laughs> like if if is is what you're imagining if I go down to my bar me store and one day they'll be selling crickets with my bar Is that what you're imagining? Uh, yeah, actually, I, I, I don't know what the future is like because mm. you know, I'm also like very in, uh, sensitive to what how people react. Mm. So, but personally, I'm like, I for some reason as a child, I was just very curious and very weird. So I'll just be exploring weird things and for for some reason me wanting to eat weird stuff and especially insects was something that i i did yeah naturally naturally it's just okay. like i think something as young as premi one or two okay i i just like to spend time in in outdoors right yeah. so i'll be like catching spiders and whatnot and then one day i was just like i wonder what this end tastes like mm. and then i started catching ends and yep. then i started eating them live yep. and remember there's this like fire end you know the the the, the mm. one that squirts out like yep. this acid mm-hmm. so I tried to eat them Chris why not right and then I remember the guy bit me in my oh, lip and then man. and then as I pulled him out he yep. ripped out a, a chunk of flesh yeah. oh, dear. and I started bleeding I'm like yeah. oh my god I, but I it was just like the, the 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 weirdness that I had in me and uh uh it just went on like mm. so it just didn't stop at insects it went to other other stuff as well but yep. long story short um uh 20 over years later no 30 years later i mm. think i got asked to join this cricket uh farming startup and mm. then i was like hey <laughs> yep. brings me back to my childhood so yep. when when i tried the crickets again oh my god it tasted good mm. and and realized that it was really sustainable to grow it and, yep. and it was like a easy sell for me la. Yep. yeah is it something uh very uh, confronting when you you talk to people about something that is about eating insects because it's not I, w- I, w- I would imagine it's not the top three choice when when someone thinks of let's say cuisine to think about insects probably it's one of the bottom fields because an insects they are the unspoken heroes with regards to ecology they carry then they do a lot with regards to the the the, the ecology that we live in mm-hmm. that we don't see but uh, they do carry a bad rep they are oftentimes associated oh, with, uh, let's say, oh, it's very dirty. Uh, why are we? It's 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 very disgusting. So when when let's say you you talk to people about uh, eating crickets or eating any uh, different types of insects, what is the reaction that you generally get? Um, interestingly, uh, people are a lot more receptive to insects mm. uh, than I than I thought they mm. would. 
otherwise be so especially those that are younger like we've also been, been interacting with many people uh having like tours for public and schools and yeah. whatnot right the the youth especially like children primary school secondary school they're like extremely excited about it they are intrigued okay. slash excited yep. and maybe half of them might might be uh, a bit unsure or, or weirded out but then mm. once a few of them try it they're like oh my god it's good and then everybody FOMO right so they all end up trying then yep. they're all like actually it's nice yeah I like it yep. and then done like mm. done they will change their perception and yep. they enjoy it. and that's what I enjoy seeing la. of course there'll be uh, some conservatives who are, like my mom should be like uh, no way in hell am I going to eat that. Yeah. Are you, yeah, like, it's, it's so disgusting. Like, don't even bring it home, you know? Yep. Yeah. Uh, but overall, like, if I had to put a number to it, I would say, like, 70% of the people really I interact with number, yeah. actually are okay with it. Yep. Yeah. And once they actually put it in their mouth, they're like, hey, actually, it tastes like ikan bilis. Ah. It's like, yeah. It tastes like ikan bilis. What, what, what insect is that? A cricket? Cricket, cricket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so like some, some science fact, they are um, in the same family as crustaceans, yep. uh, anthropods. So their structure of the the body is very similar. Yep. So therefore they taste like like shrimp, uh nutty version of shrimp. Yep. And I think the idea of insects uh has has, has been brought up with regards to converse, uh, conversations around uh sustainability as well, because of the food supply and the food sources with regards to meat and fishes and everything, and those would die out. And I think there's been a lot of talk and conversation about insects. Do you foresee any uh mainstream adoption not just with crickets but other forms of insects with regards to uh, food and incorporating it because I know right now it's kind of uh, unique there are different bars and different establishments where they're experimenting with it but do you imagine something a little bit more mainstream yeah I don't know man the The answer is uh, I think it depends it could be like someone was telling me like this could be a moonshot thing right it could go really viral and because it's like intriguing and yep. weird then people want to try it then it could become mainstream yep. it could be like the salted egg skin mm. uh, thing uh, in one direction it could be mainstream as a snack I think that's where people like it in, in general the long hanging fruit yep. Uh, that is the best guess I have. Yeah. But the I think there's also this like very niche thing, which mm-hmm. is not so mainstream, but it could be like uh, uh, like functional ingredients where it can be like a, a pill or supplement where yeah. you don't really see it, Mm-mm. but it's like really good for your health. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I recently I went for this uh, event. Um, uh, it was called the Future Food Event, organized by yep. this company called Synthesis. Yep. So they basically did like a lot of uh, iterations of, of of possibilities of what the future food system could look like. And one of the the scenarios was about uh, insects being uh, alternative biomass. So like insects, we have stuff like jellyfish Mm-mm. could be the main source of the biomass yep. instead of meat. Mm. But this scenario is very unlikely. It's only like 3% likelihood. <laughs> 1 to 3%. <laughs> yeah. And this might only happen if all the main livestock that we get, our chicken or beef, uh, somehow has like a lot of disease and viruses. Yep. And you can't eat them. Yeah. You can't eat them. So it's like only when, and shit really is a fan, yep. then this is the likelihood it'll become mainstream. So, yep. uh, you know, being very practical, you're like, okay, we just assume that we are very niche yep. and that's okay. Yep. Yeah. Let's go with the niche crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Does the idea of incorporating more uh, alternative types of, let's say, protein and like insects, does it uh, still intrigue you to this day? Like, do you try to would, would the phrase be incorporated into your diet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I, I look at it like it's a bit hard to change diet because it's very cultural. Like, yeah. you know, if I eat a certain thing. So like crickets, for example, can be used as fortification to to breads or pasta, right? 
Ooh, like you just put a little bit on it, you yep. know, then you technically get a more higher protein yep. and vitamins and all that. Yep. But I think it's a bit hard to change that culturally. Because mm. imagine like, a, a guy making bachomi, right? Yeah. You're like, this is the way I've been doing bachomi. Yes. Why do I want to make a cricket flavored bachomi? Like it might be just for, for the cakes or yep. one store out of a, a thousand might do yep. it. But yep. uh, I, I generally think it's hard to change that thing. Mm. So I, I've sort of accepted that, like food culture, hard to change, but. Yep. Just focus on the people who are the believers. Lah. Yep. So maybe like the youth will love it as a snack. Let's, yep. let's go for that. Yep. What is the culture like overseas then with regards to eating insects? Yeah. yeah. So maybe you talk about the insect uh, eating countries like Thailand. Yep. Uh, the farmers have been eating it for since forever because mm. it's abundant and yep. they, they deep fry it. And then for them, it's like a, a very uh, atas snack. Interesting. Yeah, it so is. The, there is not much of a stigma there as well. Uh, there is a stigma within the countries that produce. So Thailand farmers love it. Mm. It's a premium product for yep. them. Yep. Uh, but the city people, say the the guys in Bangkok, yep. they do find it a little bit disgusting. Oh, interesting. Because they think it's a low class. Uh, they relate it to like, oh, being a village, yep. being low class. Yep. Uh, other countries, um, Western countries, uh, tend to because of the, the they're even more like hardcore than Singapore right because you grew up they, they don't even they can't even see like a, a whole fish like the head to them it's like scary right yep. so insect is even more scary yep. so adoption rate is is low in, in the west as well yep. Um. yeah so it's really it's really mixed but the, in, in the region around us uh, most of the Southeast Asian countries to some extent do eat uh, insects and, and crickets as part of their general diet it's a very seasonal thing that like when that oh, you know in seasonal. a while yeah like so so um for those that don't farm crickets yep. in, in like the um, in the like indigenous tribes uh that is is something that they they forage for um in between getting their their hunting for meat and all that yeah yeah so they they do crave it and it's it's a a very premium thing when they when they can when yeah. they can uh, eat it is it like a a blessing from the forest or something because you, you don't you don't see it every day yeah it's kind of it's kind of precious and mm. it's also very tasty when yeah how do yeah. you prepare it yeah would would you describe yourself as a very adventurous uh uh eater Yes. Okay. 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 That, yeah, that clarifies uh, a lot of things yeah, for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for when sure. when you you say eating weird things, my my idea, my perception of what weird is is a fucking broccoli. And you're talking what? about insects and no. crickets. I was like, I am. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm a very comfortable eater. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, I want to segue this this conversation into oh, uh, what what you're mainly known for, which is gardening and farming. And I'm curious to know um. Were you always interested in gardening and farming, or was it something that you you picked up uh, as as you grew up and as 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 as, as you uh, journeyed through life? Yeah, it was it was something that uh, after many detours I discovered. Yeah. yeah, after many like walls that I hit. Yeah, um, I when I was young, I loved to build things, so I I built robotics. Yep. Uh, you know um kits, electronic kits, gadgets, you know, I was like a uh, 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 mini Leonardo da Vinci. That, that was my, my dream, my yeah. idol. Yeah. Um, and then I naturally pursued uh, engineering, aerospace mm. engineering. So mm. I always thought I was a builder, um, a, de uh, a designer of sorts. Uh, I, I hit a wall at some point where I realized that, oh, actually engineering is very, very um, mathematical mm. based. Yep. And the real world, you're using a lot of software. It's, I can't like literally use my hands to build stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, like you're sort of overqualified for that, you mm. know. And then 
I, I segwayed, I detoured into food. Uh, it's kind of random, but when I was in uni, I was like, oh, uh, let me try making coffee. And then from making coffee, I was like, oh, I really like this hospitality thing. I like yeah. making it for friends. And I was yeah. like really interested in the science behind and the art yeah. behind making coffee, yeah. latte art and all that stuff. Then after food, I journeyed into food. I got quite deep into to food for a few years. So yeah. I didn't do engineering, I did food. And yeah. then through food, I, I had, there was a push and pull moment. So uh, when I was working in the fine dining restaurants, the push was that, oh my God, I'm doing this really um, good food. And I was so excited. Every time the produce came, like fresh produce from, yep. from Italy, the tomatoes were like amazing. I've never tried such sweet tomatoes. Yep. So that was, got me really excited. But um, the the push to, to leave the food industry was, I saw how the disgust of it. Like there was so much food waste. Mm. Uh, people in the kitchen were not respecting food. Yep. They were just like, just order from a checklist, yep. you know, yep. from a supplier. Um, so I was like, this is so weird. I'm like, on one hand, I want to discover this amazing thing yep. and I don't know where to start because yep. Singapore is like, it has no farms and I know zero mm. about where food comes from. Yep. And then this uh, horrible thing that is like, this culture, that I'm in, very toxic culture, right? That I, I want to get it off. So I basically said, okay, let me just go and discover um, yep what food means. Yep. So I, I literally, I booked one-way ticket. big question. Yeah, and I just like, I got inspired by Jamie Oliver, like traveling around Italy yep. and just cooking and eating. So I was like, I want to just do that. Yeah. yeah. So I booked the one-way ticket, was a bit irresponsible, mm -hmm. left everything behind yep. and uh, uh, traveled the world to go and like, learn about farming, yep. learn about cooking. Yep. Uh, and that's where, uh, one of the journeys, it really hit me that, ooh, this is, this makes a lot of sense. It's like, I get to I, I found I found the answer to it basically. Mm -hmm. I found the the golden ticket to mm. to to all the answers I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, hey, actually it's it's fairly straightforward. There is like a gold standard to grow food that is like super sustainable yep. and like super honest. Yep. And the food that you eat from that is amazing. It tastes extremely awesome. Like yeah. the tomatoes are very savory, very yep. sweet. They are very nutrient dense. You feel good growing the food. You feel good eating it. Yep. And and, and uh, it was a lifestyle that I experienced. Uh, this in in uh, one of the farming visits uh, in Australia. Yeah. Uh, and there, there was a, literally like a moment I was like, okay, this is it. This is what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I'm curious to know. Um, to 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 backtrack a little bit. You mentioned about. Uh, taking an uh, aerospace engineering. Um, was there any fear in wanting to pursue something like uh, coffee? Was it? And was there any like uh, lingering doubt or wanting to pursue anything? Let's say like with regards to the food industry. I ask because uh, growing up in Singapore, there's always this uh, not a more, not like an external pressure, but more like an internal pressure to always keep things on track, to place things safe, to always have to know what you're getting into, to be, I guess, very clear with regards to, oh, I want to go into this profession uh, or I want to get all these uh, different uh, expectations of myself. Was there, did you face any of that struggle? Like trying, wanting to go uh, from, from something that is arguably uh, comfortable, arguably it pays well to something that is a bit in flux. I mean, we've probably know stories of how uh, unstable uh, the F&B industry really is because you run, you're running such a tight ship all the time, long hours, arduous. We're not even talking about like a coffee shop hawkers and all that. We're just talking about fine dining where the margins are so thin that 
if you have a, a really bad slump, that could be the end of it. Yeah, I'm curious to know your thoughts. Yeah, uh, actually, when I first joined the FMB industry, I didn't intend to do it full time. Yeah. <laughs> so when I first got into this cafe thing, I was yeah. like, it's not a, my hostel cafe. It was just all a social thing, a fun thing. I enjoyed doing it. Yep. It was a hobby. Yep. And then when I came out of Singapore, uh, a family friend, I said, do you want to help me with the opening a cafe? I was like, okay, let me like do that for, for a few months. Lah. Then yep. after that, I'll get my day job as an engineer. Lah. Yep practical right yeah. and then that few months became my career <laughs> like oops I, uh, never stopped. <laughs> I got sucked into it I was yeah. like it's super challenging but actually I, I kind of like it yeah. I like the, the pain the burn um, so it was accidental me, yeah. me joining it yeah. and then when I got into it I was like oh crap it's really hard all these things that you said right mm. oh, wow it's like working 16 hours a day i'm like my body is breaking down yeah. my, my mind is breaking down yeah um so yeah so and 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 i i don't have a um i still face this this challenge uh, yep. to this day yep. right i i i jump into this industries probably like one of the hardest lowest paying industries in the world mm. um and then there's there's good opportunities some days and then these opportunities end abruptly mm. and I'm like okay what's next yep. uh, so yeah I'm, my life is constantly in flux but yeah. there's there's been very very positive moments and it, it seems to be in a, in a generally in a good trajectory and I don't know I think it's funny that maybe as a Singaporean doing these hard things because there's not that many people around you mm. tend to get more support like people are like oh cool like you're, you're like uh, a lightning rod and everybody's yeah, like yeah chris yeah. is the guy <laughs> yeah, chris is the guy yeah. and people just want to support your vision yeah. or, or your beliefs so i found that actually it's not too difficult if you just have like that basic attitude like don't quit mm. you know um work towards something yeah you it, things will fall in place opportunities will, will will come to you yeah yeah and then it, it becomes okay at the end of it yeah have you always had this uh, particular outlook with regards to life or did it uh, develop along the way as you encountered, as you mentioned, running into walls and you learn how to navigate through life, through uh, these various uh, industries? Yeah, so I didn't. I was honestly a very uh, normal kid, yeah. uh, you know, very quite protective parents, mm. uh, stable family and all yep. that kind of stuff. So I was very sheltered. Uh, you know, I went to church for a long time and all that. And uh, I think I was uh, after spending a lot of time in church and all that. I was like, you know what? I feel too. I feel too sheltered. Honestly, I just mm, need to get out there and like see the world, lah. Do yeah. you remember what that feeling was like? Uh, yeah, I just feeling like like a very entitled boy. Uh, okay, so the cafe that I started, I remember I, I did something quite nasty. I was like scolding the co-owner. I was like, you know oh, what? Dear. You should cook this thing. You should bake this cake a certain way because yeah. when I was studying in Australia, they, bake, they made it this way. And I myself didn't even know how to bake, you know? And I was like, <laughs> but there was a kind of, I don't know, it was like a lot of ego. And yeah. so, so I was definitely not not uh, resilient at all. Mm. And I had not tasted any form of hardship yeah. at all. Yeah. It was only through backpacking, through traveling, mm. where I was like forced to encounter the the roughness of like being alone and uh, like being in India. Like it was quite uh, intense. Intense. The, the, the best way yeah. to put it. Yeah. Very intense. Very like you have to say no. You have to be on your gut. You mm. you have to trust your instincts, right? Because yeah. 
people tell you like you know there's danger all around and you can sense it sometimes mm. or there's these ideas playing in your head because people tell you that there's like danger. scenarios right yeah, yeah 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 then uh also just like the the the, the environment is also very intense it's like mm-hmm. a lot of uh like animals just like, like what the heck man the car is just like ramming literally on the street yeah uh, you know, with its horn like literally like ramming you up, yep. up your butt. <laughs> yep, yep. Where, where in the world can you think like in Singapore that would never happen? Never. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, like smelling the 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 cow's poop, right? Yeah. Like just right in front of you. Yeah. Everywhere you go. So I was forced into that environment. I forced myself to be in there. Yeah. But it was, uh, what brought me into that uh, uh discomfort zone yep. and that what toughened me up a little bit. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's just a few months, right? But yeah. but I think that was a, 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 also a turning point la, of yep. me uh, losing the entitlement, being more appreciative of um, what we have here in Singapore. Yep. And also seeing how these people are in such harsh environments, but mm-hmm. yet they are so resilient. Like learning from them, so resourceful, so resilient, yep. so so creative. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Why do you think it's important to kind of go through hardship? Because hardship sounds like something that people would naturally want to avoid because it's uncomfortable. Yeah, mm. why why do you think it's important to 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 go through it? Or why why is it important for you? Yeah. To actually pursue something like this and to put yourself in those situations. Yeah. I think for me from a very like uh just a feeling level, yeah. it just feels good. It's like, you know, maybe you don't you don't like to go to the gym, like all the 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 when you're when you're going to a gym lifting weight is that pain is not something that you particularly enjoy but mm. the, the the few seconds after that the hour after that, you feel like amazing right like a chemical so rush yeah it is it is so i think just from a very practical thing it just feels good doing yeah. something really hard and, yep. and then uh I, like in the army i was thrown again into uh quite a hard uh, course like naval diving unit oh jeez so, <laughs> of course but it's not something i chose right yep. so yep. i just went through it and it was really hard but after a whole day of getting whacked by your instructors, you're like, hey, I survived. Like, how did mm. I do it? I don't know. I did like a thousand push-ups, but yeah. ah, then we just laughed it off and, yeah. and the day was gone. And yeah. uh, after going, going through some of these experiences, you you just unknowingly become more resilient. And then, uh, yeah, I, I think it's just helpful in, in, in the journeys I faced, uh, it's not I don't face downtime, so I do face a lot of, uh, you know, disappointment and, mm-hmm. and, and anxiety. Yeah. But then, I I feel like I'm able to <laughs> quickly get out of it. Yeah. And move on to the next thing. Yeah. Um. And and when I look at just general like news and all that, like oh yeah. the world is collapsing and whatnot. Right? <laughs> yeah. The world was collapsing ten years ago and like five years back. Yeah. Maybe. But yeah. honestly, I I have this sense of peace. Interesting. Yeah. Because. Uh, for for a few reasons, one is from a food growing uh, uh self sufficiency knowledge perspective. Yep. I know like like if that's really Armageddon, right? Gay crickets, <laughs> gay crickets. I I will like figure some way to grow food yeah. underground mm-hmm. or grow mushrooms yeah. or whatever. So you're the guy to to contact if Armageddon does happen. We'll be, all be calling you. Yes, yeah, yes, gotcha. yes. I already had this some of these scenarios. Like if I'm near the sea, I'm gonna make this submarine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll subscribe for you to your newsletter or PDF or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, wait, sorry, where was I? Uh, Armageddon. Armageddon. But yeah. you are very resourceful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, even with with like economic uh, instability, I'm like, you know what? The worst thing that can happen. I've done all this like like very basic jobs. Like the worst thing that happen, I'll just go and do the jobs that nobody wants to do. La. I'll be a plumber. I'll be mm. a 
a bricklayer, I'll, yep. I'll, I'll be a dishwasher. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's the worst thing that could happen. Yep. I'll, I'll be all right. Yep. I'll just maybe like uh, get bored for yep. a few days or a few months yep. until I, I move towards my next project or next thing. Yeah. So the worst scenario is not that bad. Yep. Yeah, I won't stuff because I've I've been through like really um, bootstrapping, right? Yep. Like uh, spending almost no money, yep. uh, eating. Yeah. So yeah, so that that helps me. Um, everything else is a bonus, lah. Mm. Yeah, that allows me to to live more lean, more minimalistic. Yep. Not that I don't and have my preferences. You're and still I, human, lah. Still human. I still spend a lot of money on traveling <laughs> and and food sometimes, yep. but. Yeah, lah. It, it just gives me a certain confidence, lah. Yep. When even when the world currently is like, oh, it seems like it's gonna crash and burn. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm. I think I'm pretty confident. Yep. Yeah. Has your experience helped you to look at uh risky scenarios or potentially challenging scenarios in a different way? Because it sounds as though uh you you take on challenge differently than what people would conceive. People, let's say, uh, someone wants to start a new venture or someone wants to leave their job to pursue a hobby or something like that, they might be more uh, prone to having a sort of a paralysis with regards to not wanting to make a decision. Yeah. So I'm curious to know, do you view challenge and do you feel risk differently? Yeah. Like you, you take it on and you are confident in yourself to figure it out mm. because your, your, your experience with regards to the, the diving unit, it sounds as though if someone told you at 15 that you were going to do that and you were going to suffer through all these, it feels like <laughs> you're probably not going to do it. But it sounds like because it's like a one day at a time and you're just going through it, perhaps with the help of your team as well, and you guys were able to suffer through it because that is not easy. Not easy at all, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely, um, I think that's part of my, the way the neuro the neurochemicals in my brain works yeah. i like to choose mission impossibles that that, <laughs> that that has a potential of uh doing something impactful yeah. or changing the world yeah. so, so there like seems to be picture, a like. yeah big picture but like not dumb you know yeah. like i like say the crickets right yeah, yeah potentially you could uh be a, a great alternative um and it tastes good yep right so to you it's not like going in blind or like yeah, it doesn't yep. work at all yep uh so yeah definitely uh my that, i don't know i think it's a very, it's very uh, uh intuition based uh i wish sometimes i could turn that off because all my, all my projects yep. in the last uh almost 10 years have been extremely high risk and mm. and, and most of them have not uh succeeded yep. yeah um so sometimes like then I'm always like take one step literally one step forward two steps back mm -mm -mm. yeah uh, that's what how how it appears on on the on the micro level though on a macro level it I'm, I definitely feel like I'm, I'm I'm taking more steps more strides forward lah you're trending in the right direction yeah yeah it feels yeah. it feels that way if I look at it uh in a big picture yep yeah. So yeah, but I don't know. I I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't give someone advice like yeah, you should you should you know be like me, take risks. Uh, yeah. I I I feel like it's really a personality thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably a a a, a partly conditioning. Yeah. True. I think I really think the naval diving unit made me a bit sell. <laughs> honest, honestly, because like at some point, right? Yeah. You 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 don't know what is pain anymore. Cause interesting. You like you might you're so mind fuck right? Yeah. Like. We had this thing called co treatment where we are like, it's okay, basically like the Wim Hof, la, sort of like, we really mm. have to hug big blocks of ice, right? Yep. But when you hug ice, is you from the cold, your body feels hot, you know, yep. it, it's like, 
wait, so you, you get a bit confused already. <laughs> or when you go through, you know, we run with boats on our heads and, and with all the lactic acid. And yep. after that, you're like, oh, but I, I've done it. I can be, I'm like mm. Superman. Yeah. So you really don't know what is pain anymore. Yeah. 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 So that, that happened and I went a bit, yeah, crazy. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, do, I do think that I wish I had a, a bit more normal, uh, a bit less risk averseness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I do try to, I try to try to balance that nowadays by finding people to support me lah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to, to help me uh, be my uh, safety net lah to check in like, hey, make sure I'm not doing something stupid with my finances. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, but because same like finances, I'm like, okay, yeah. that's all in. Yeah, yep, I, yep, I, I, let me yep. hatch on this. Like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, You mentioned something about uh respecting food. And I thought it was a very interesting uh, choice of words. So I'm just curious to know what that means. What do you mean by respecting food? Yeah. Okay, so uh, when, whether you're a forager, I mean, like people need to eat somehow, right? Whether mm. you're eating vegetables, meat or whatever, right? Mm. You you have to kill whatever you're eating. Yes. I, know, I know that uh, there's a certain perception that even vegetables, uh, vegetables are less... Or might feel less pain than, than meat, right? But if I spend so much time with vegetables, I actually do think they are intelligent and I and I do definitely feel like they have feelings. Is this a common uh sentiment or is it like a fringe sentiment? Is it a common sentiment that uh people in the field would believe something like that? Um I I do think they're definitely connected to to plants. Yeah. And and they like you talk to plants, you know, you're really spending a lot of time with them. You build a relationship with them, literally. Like because okay. you're, you're you're like you want them to grow well, yeah. you want them to thrive. And if they're sick, you're like, okay, what's wrong with you? Um yeah, so there's a cultivation of that relationship. Yep. And and so there's a certain amount of respect because you have to kill that thing, whether whether it's a plant or mm-hmm. a chicken. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you you have a you have a chicken that you you raise from a chick. It's kind of a very conflicted feeling you have. Yep. You have to end its life mm-hmm. to give you life. Yes. But you have to do it. Yep. I mean, um, it's a it's a very hard decision, and and when you do it, the best thing that you can do is is thank it. Mm. You know, it's like you've been, yeah. I'm sorry, and but thank you for yep. for giving me this. Yep. Yeah. Um, it, it, I, I, I think with the, the problem with what we are doing now with food is, is we, we love that this narrative of technology and how robots and, uh, tech will save the world. Yep. Um, there is some merit to that. Mm. It's very efficient, but we lose, we have lost and we'll continue to lose our connection with food. And, and, uh, it's not just about, Ill, you know, it's it's really about that connection, lah. So yeah. I spent a lot of time. Uh, it might sound very hippie, but literally, you know, on on the farms with people who live off the land, people who forage, and and there's this real connection with like the seasons, when the moon is um coming out, how yeah. that affects what animals come out, that affects mm. what you hunt. You know, it's like yeah, it sounds very voo voo, but hey, it really, there's really something to it. But you've experienced it. <laughs> I've actually experienced it and, and, and been with people who, who really respect that kind of um, environment. Yep. And uh, that, that has changed the way I look at food. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
do you think it's as uh, in general in, in society we're trending towards uh, being a lot more disconnected with different things with regards to phones, with regards to how we treat people? You're talking about food. I, I've eaten chicken all my life and I've never actually touched an actual chicken before. And you mentioned about how if you were raising um, this chicken from a chick, I can imagine that would feel different. And you will come into the moral quandary of should I kill it to give you life? And it is idea of ingesting food for to to give you life. That is a very uh, interesting way of, of just thinking about food. Because when people think about food, they think about what to eat. They think about whether it tastes good, whether they like, like it or not. They don't think about this uh, concept of this thing giving me life. They think about the the calories and stuff, whether I like it or not. It's, it's usually like a personal preference, whether I like it or not, whether or not that this thing died for me so that I can live. It's a very like weird concept to even grasp because it's not as... I don't think it's as common. Yeah, because we are so disconnected. If we want chicken, we go to the market, we go down to the Kopitiam or we go to NUC, everything's all packed nicely for you. We don't get to, to unfortunately, we don't get to experience uh, what that particular piece of meat went through to, 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 to get to the, the supermarket. Mm, mm, yeah. Yeah. We, we also don't feel the pain, you know, like having to sacrifice that, that, that guy that you've like loved and kept for for so long. Yeah. Uh, I think we have, we are, yes, we have been disconnected, uh, generally, mm. but, uh, on the flip side, like a lot of work that I do, I'm also feeling very encouraged. Like, uh, I do a lot of, uh, workshops, tours, talks, yep. uh, and in schools now, actually, uh, it's compulsory for students to go through like learning journeys to learn about food, sustainability and food security. So I think not sponsored post, but I think government's <laughs> doing a great job, like really, um, with the awareness la. Yep. And and it has accelerated like suddenly boom, this like go green plan or whatever. But uh it's true and and I the the youth are definitely a lot more um woke in that sense. Yeah. With the the understanding of food sustainability now. Yeah. It's just been like one or two years, but I can see that you talk to them about topics like um what's environmental impact, you know, where, where food comes from, yep. what's important. They, they 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 get it, they know yep. it. Yeah. Do you think it's a lot different from how you grew up? with regards to the education system where uh, these types of topics were not even considered or when they were considered, you're just getting, uh, let's say like a chapter in like a textbook and it's, it's very removed from actually uh, tangibly uh, experiencing because I think I watched a video of yours where you were talking about uh, different ways to learn and it's something more tactile mm. versus something uh, just purely theoretical because I think Singapore we are really good with theory everything is <laughs> we have a theory about anything but I think when it comes to something a like lot more tactile using our hands something a like lot more practical I think that's where especially when when I was growing up we fumbled the bag because everything was about gearing you towards using your mind a lot more and not using your hands and that's where another point of disconnection is yeah yeah uh- I 100% agree. Uh, you know, like, even like, uh, what we had, what was that? Home economics. Yeah. It was like, the fried rice. <laughs> like, like a super gay thing to do, right? Yep. Like, <laughs> yep. If I remember, I went for cooking competition, uh, representing my school. Then people like laugh at me when, when I was receiving it. They're like, ah, like, like, you know, like, yep. see, like. Yep. so the, the perception of food was so, uh, wrong, right? Oh, or the perception or, of someone in the kitchen cooking. Yeah, 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 yeah correct. Uh, but that's fine. I think like that, because there was a lack of all that knowledge in Singapore, that forced me to like go outside of Singapore to yep. like learn from real practitioners yes. around the world. Yep. And and I really enjoyed that 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 time. And now like again the schools have, many of them have to or many of them do have actual like mini farms. So I was like, yes, in general the farming industry is very hard to to be profitable. Yep. 
today. Mm. But when I looked at the what's happening, I said, hey, actually, every school has like a mini farm. That's incredible. Like, isn't that pretty cool? Yeah. In a way, they are not just like actually growing some food, though it's probably, you know, not, not going to be significant. But yeah. the knowledge that they have uh, is, is more important. Yeah. yeah. So, what, yeah, imagine like there's, I don't know, like a thousand schools. And yeah. so they have like a thousand uh, farms, yeah. technically, yeah. right? And and they could, in theory, uh, if they want to expand uh, in, in crisis time, they can. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Everything goes back to the crisis. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's cool uh, just to get that exposure, whether or not it it actually expands to anything. But I think the 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 opportunity it gives, it, it gives students to actually have something hands-on, who knows what that particular individual might go on to do in the future. And I think I guess that's how you kind of start impacting the 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 community and, and, and the people around you and not trying to have, let's say, like a top-down approach. Yeah. But it's more like from the bottom up. Yeah. Yeah. So just to add to to uh the few points we talked about, right? Um the relationship part, right, actually to me is key. It's it's like it changes the way you look at life in general mm. because yes we are Singaporeans yes we are transactional we are very practical yep. but when we look at things in a, 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 a care perspective like you are with your partner mm. and you want to know how she's feeling you you go to her with that that sense of care mm. right um, whatever we do whether it's our job um, or our hobbies if we approach it with that care, right, it just changes everything. Mm-hmm. And I think the same is what I'm hoping to advocate for food. Like yep. you, you look, don't look at it as uh, uh, something you just exchange or transact with money. But if you care about uh, the animal, the vegetable, yep. or even like what you're putting into your body, like yep. it just it just changes the incentive structure already. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so so I think a lot of what I'm doing is really about hoping to trigger that emotional thing. Like, how can you care about yeah. this uh, how, food thing? How does one begin to to adopt that approach to looking at life? Because it sounds, uh, it sounds like it's more like a framework of looking at things mm. and not being so uh, rigid or stiff regards to the way you approach different things. Because it sounds as though it's like a universal way of just treating things with gratitude, treating things with love, okay, not just about the food you eat, but the, the people you meet, even strangers, and not just friends and family, but just in general. How how does one begin to do that? What what has helped, let's say, uh, reflecting a conversation back to you, what has helped you realize um, this, this sense of gratitude, this sense of uh, treating things with the softer approach and not always uh, facing it head on and being very stiff, very hard, very transactional, very cold. Yeah. Mm. The funny thing is actually, People remind me, like, uh, I'm very fortunate to get people coming up to me saying, uh, Chris, I really um, like your spirit. I can feel your passion. Oh, wow. I can feel your joy. Yeah. I know what you're doing is hard work. Actually, sometimes it's not that hard, la, but, <laughs> but then you see until like, wow, <laughs> you're like, you're like, yeah, moving mountains. And I'm like, yeah, but then so are like the million farmers who are like struggling there. But yeah. anyway, the point is like, Okay, they, they, I get encouragement from these people mm-hmm. who feel, I'm, I'm just doing what I'm doing, you yeah. know? And then, so it's like, the incentive structure for me is to keep doing that. Mm. Yeah, and, and um, it's, I, I, I've been, I, I'm still struggling, like, okay, finance, like, 
I would love to have that, you know, typical Singaporean comfort level of like six to eight K. I think that would yeah. be nice for me to, yeah. to live my life. But um, if I reduce that that uh, expectation and I do things with a lot more heart, mm. uh, actually, I feel a lot more satisfied, like way, way more satisfied. Every little action I take, growing my vegetables, I can do it slower. Yeah. I can... The cultivation project, I don't need to rush. I don't need to deal with stupid people who yep. just like are there for greenwashing and want to get a project done. You yep. know, it, 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 with, yeah, it's, I feel better. La, and then that, that affects everything in my life. Yep. Because I feel better. I, I, when I talk to my friends and family, yep. they also feel uh, more connected. Interesting. Yeah, so yep. there's a spillover, positive spillover effect. Yeah. Uh, what, I, what I'm trying to do is like calibrate a lot. Like, okay, mm. uh, how do I balance this yep. thing of being like really pure yep. and, and doing what I like doing uh, with the financials. Yep. But recently, other people inspired me as well. Right? I met this guy who, who videoed me yep. uh, and he he just does videos of people yep. doing, and he just does humans, stories of humans. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, yeah. And, he lives off this Patreon model. So literally, he just does a video a week and yep. puts it on YouTube and yep. people pay his salary yep. by donation. I'm yep. like, wow, that is super cool because yep. it's so aligned with doing something so pure. Yeah. Because it changes the 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 standard model of pay that we might be used to. Let's say going to a job, getting a paycheck at the end of the month. It kind of changes the way you you look at that. You say like, that is pretty uh, old. If you look at something where, let's say, you have uh, people who really like what you do, you set up this uh, patronage model where people can just throw like a dollar to five dollars and that sustains you. Yeah. So it's new to me, this mm. this whole new world. And then I'm only discovering it through various podcasts and people who introduce me to other people. Yeah. But wow, it's it's amazing. And yep. I, I would love to to start getting more into it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I feel a lot more happier that, that I'm 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 at a, at the start of this journey. Wonderful. Oh, it's so, so awesome. Yeah. So in as, as attention to that, what I'm curious to know is what grounds you? What, at the end of the day, whether you're going through shit, literally or figuratively, <laughs> what grounds you? What, what are the thoughts and what's the type of framework you have that kind of grounds you and realize, hey, it's not so bad. Let's go on to the next day. Yeah, because I can imagine with regards to any kind of work, life is not uh, a cakewalk. Life is pain, life is difficult. At any moment, things can change and things can be very chaotic. What I'm curious to know is what grounds you at the end of the day? Um, I feel like I've done so many crazy and fun <laughs> things that I always say that if, if I had to die today, right, yeah. I have no regrets. Mm. So already, I feel like my life has been fulfilled already. Yep. So every day literally is a bonus. Yep. Uh, and I'm very fortunate that like my family is uh, supportive. Lah. You know, they're they really there for me so knowing that that is very stable mm. my partner supports me yep. as well then yeah there's there's such a nice harmony and and i think uh so i run this community garden our, our passion la, yep. in my place where we just grow food because i like it yep. and we gather and makan and yep. give people food whatever but that is that is also really nice that, that's one of the grounding things where I, I go to the garden um and just do my gardening work. Mm. That that is therapy for me. Yeah. Yep. So it's not really one thing, but it's, it's just, it feels like everything around me is grounding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we talk about we we spoke briefly about how 
relationship with plants, there is sort of like a symbiotic, there, there is like an exchange of energy. Mm. So, so what mm. I'm curious to know is, let's say when you go to your community garden, let's say you go to it alone, are you able to sense if something is amidst? Are you able to, to feel like, oh, something's a little bit off? Are you able to, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Is it like a, is it like something you had to, is it like something that, that kind of cultivated over time where you are taking things? Because I can imagine, so my only experience of gardening in general or is uh, killing a cactus <laughs> and playing Stardew Valley. Dude, you suck. <laughs> this is okay. my only experience in gardening. I'm being very honest. Yeah, yeah. So well, I'm just very curious. Like, what, what, what is that like? Like being able to take things uh, slow because I can imagine gardening is a very slow and arduous process. Yeah. You can't rush nature. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That point, right? Like sometimes you're like, oh shit, I want to grow this banana and yeah. I want the fruits, but you got to wait. Literally, you got to wait a year. Wait, bananas. You have to wait. Yeah, a year. for one, one. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> one yeah, yeah, yeah. So just knowing that you you sort of got to be patient. That's yeah. that's one thing. Um, yeah. the other thing is on the flip side, right? Sometimes when the garden gets very uh intense, like you you leave it alone and it gets all wild. That also has a certain energy. Interesting. Like, because like, like, let's say you've, you've um, abandoned it yeah. after a few months, you go back in the ball. Then when you garden, you're like, damn, I'm the same thing is happening in my life. It's a reflection of this. <laughs> you can feel it because yeah. it's like, oh my, where do I start? You know, yeah. it's like all over the place. Yep. Uh, is this therapeutic? It is, it is. So it, it, that for me the therapy comes in many forms like when at a certain times of the day i really find it there's a, like a magic hour like mm. in the morning sunrise period like seven to nine yeah the light rays hitting the the garden with the the temperature is cool that's magic yeah uh, one of the projects i did was was in a really high rooftop garden yep. at 280 meters high so the climate up there is different from Singapore's normal climate. I can it's, imagine, it's yeah. It's actually a, almost subtropical. It's like very windy, very cool. Yep. Uh, sometimes there's even mist. Incredible. You feel like you're wow. judging highlands. Really yep, like, yep. it's like, well, yeah, in like Narnia or something. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no lion though, but yeah. yeah. So that, that feeling that you get is like, whoa, I'm in a different world, different yep. country, different, yep. yeah. Hard to explain. You you have to be there and experience it. Yep. Yeah, and, and you know, there's when you there's this uh, practice called forest bathing, right? So when you're, forest you're really, what? Uh, bathing. So it's, what it's, is it's that? a quite a Japanese term yep. where where people go into the forest, they, they do walks. Sometimes they do it with a, with a coach. Mm. Uh it's really like a, a therapy to to get you grounded. Mm. Yeah. So there's natural a natural grounding effect from being in the presence of these plants. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know the scientific stuff, but there, there is. Yep. I'm sure you can. Yeah. Is this something that you have tried or are interested to try? Uh, I feel like I spend a lot of time in nature, so I do experience it. I do walk in the woods a lot, sometimes yep. I like lay down. Yep. Um, so yeah, but I would love to do like a proper guided one yeah. to, 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 to see how it's like. Yep. Yeah. So, so that brings me to my next question. What is your relationship with nature like? Because I ask because sometimes uh, nature can be seen as a respite, especially uh, living in the city, living in Singapore, mm. where you're surrounded by offices, you're surrounded by this uh, this energy that is constantly bustling. You're constantly, as we, as, we, as we mentioned, it has to be pragmatic. You are surrounded by uh, concrete. You're surrounded by buildings. 
uh, nature can be seen as a respite. Uh, some people see nature as freedom. Mm. So what I'm curious to know, what do you see nature as and how has that kind of changed and taken uh, newer forms al- along your journey? Yeah, so I see nature as something that's transient. Mm. Uh, people also forget, hey, the typhoon that's yeah. tearing up houses, the tsunamis, that's also nature. Yes. Yeah, people die from nature as yes. well. Yeah. Uh, so we need to appreciate that and, and respect that. Um, I, I, that's from a feeling point of view, like, so yeah, urban environment, the, the vibe is definitely, uh, very cold. Yeah. Mm. That, that's the, the best way I can put it. Very yep. disconnected. Yep. Uh, so I, I'm aware of that. So like some of the jobs like I was telling you about the struggle I have with financials, right? Yep. So, uh, for a few jobs, I've been uh, given, uh, high positions of authority. But that means you gotta be doing business development, looking at spreadsheets <laughs> and all that. Yeah. Pays better, but yep. then honestly, I'm like trying to move more away from that mm. towards uh actually physically being in in uh around plants, yep. around the water. Yep. More. Yeah, I, I think that that would make me healthier. I yeah. feel just more yeah, connected in so many ways. Lah. Yeah. Yeah. Have you always felt a sort of affinity towards nature? Yes. I ask because yeah. you, when when you conceive of things, there is nature, there is land, there is greenery, and then there is also the sea. Yeah. And if I were to imagine, these two things could feel very differently. Yeah. And you being uh being from the diving unit, I'm sure you had a lot of experiences with the sea and water. Yeah. Um. When again, when I was younger, for some strange reason, I know I live in the HDB, but 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 even something as simple as my, I'll be out with my friends, going to, well, makan or something, right? Yeah. But they will walk on, a, on the, the path and I'll be like, hey, I want to walk on the grass beside the path. It just feels different, like softer, yeah. uh, more shock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just something to it that came naturally. Yeah. And then I think I was very thankful for the naval diving experience because uh, we were in the water so much. Yes. It built my water confidence. So mm. when I was in Australia studying, I started doing a lot of water sports like surfing, uh, uh, spear fishing. Oh, that's not really a sport, lah. That's more like survival. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <I> was, <laughs> but that was a very cool experience. Cause um, being underwater, you feel the waves and the energy. Like a certain, uh, I know I sound damn hippie, lah. But like the vibration, the the wave energy that like rises, it falls. The currents, you yep. feel that like it's so dynamic. Yeah, is it indescribable? You can describe it, lah. But it's just a certain like. It goes into all the way into your into your into your body, right? Yeah. Like, so, uh, like the surfing thing was is very cool. I find mm. like you you're feeling nature's harmony. Then then when the waves start getting more and more intense, you feel it. Then also your your heart rate starts to pick up. Interesting. And then when it gets really really intense, like that's where you you need to start to catch a wave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when when you catch a wave, it's like a certain peacefulness when you can yep. ride the chaos. Like, yep. Yeah, I thought philosophically that was very, very uh, uh, meaningful. Uh, yeah. Uh, like how you, the safest parts in, in this chaos actually going with it <laughs> sometimes. It sounds a bit paradoxical, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Like, like to just roll with the chaos instead of, I guess, being adverse to it or running away from it. But you run, I guess, with regards to surfing straight into it, yeah. <laughs> riding into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, exactly. With regards to let's say going outdoors in nature or at sea, we can talk about how it feels like in the day. But what about at night? Does it feel differently to you going mm. to these uh uh I guess mythical places in, in, in the jungles, overseas, or being out at sea at night? Does it feel different to you? 
Yeah, and night has a darker. <laughs> darker. <laughs> I thought uh, so. I I prefer the day la. Yeah, yeah, I prefer the day a lot more. But yeah. so also at night it does feel a little bit different as well. Yeah, it's like a lonely sense of. The good thing is there's a quietness to it mm. um, that allows me to, like, think about deeper things. Yeah, I can stuck in and I can. Uh, uh, philosophize yep. <laughs> my life away. Yeah, yeah, but energy, energy is definitely different. Yeah, uh, mm. has there been uh any particular uh lessons or things that you have uh realized when you're out in nature or you're at sea that has stuck with you throughout your journey? Has there been things that you you you're just out there and it just hit you like something so insightful that you have held on throughout your journey? Um, hmm. I just think that there are beautiful moments mm. when you least expect. What does that mean? Like uh, when I was surfing in Sri Lanka, yeah, it's kind of random place, sitting on a boat in the middle of nowhere, and then suddenly you're surrounded by turtles who are like so pop up <laughs> right beside you. Yeah, you know, um, I've had like, very like human-like experiences with with anim- so like animals to me interact with me like like they're humans right sometimes uh there was like this duck i remember i looked at it from far yeah this is some random stray duck you know yeah yeah and then there are a lot of people around but yeah. somehow i just had this connection with it <laughs> oh my <laughs> legit, god legit. <laughs> and i looked at it then just just at that moment right there was a, a little child um who ran by and i wanted to force feed the duck she had bread in her hands and that ran away hmm. i just stood there and then the child ran away. Yeah. Because it's like, hey, my duck doesn't eat my food. <laughs> and then about a few seconds later, the duck came to me. Yeah. And this was quite fun. I was like, like 10 meters away. It bowed his head down. As though it wanted me to pet pet his head. Yeah. And then I pet 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 his head. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? This is so weird. That, this, is, this, this, weird. <laughs> that is so yeah, weird. Yeah. But I just, uh, you know, that like times I've seen rainbows. And so that the feeling that you get when these magical moments happen is is something that you never plan for. You never ever plan for. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. yeah you can't and and I and I take this with with my, my life journey. La. Like, you know, uh don't think so much. La. Like yep. you, yeah, it's good to plan, but uh I, I sort of give space for the unknown to happen. And often a lot of magic happens. Uh and it has been the case for 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 a lot of my my journey. So I did I did say that um I have very haphazard journey. So many of the startups that I've ventured into with a lot of promise, mm. it's always fun at the first few months. When yeah. There's a lot of people, energy. Yeah, to yeah, I got people yeah. a lot of money also. They're yep. like, just spending. Yep. <laughs> and then at some point, it'll be like, oh, sad. And then often it collapses. Mm. And then it happens very abruptly. So when it collapses, I'm like literally jobless. Uh, and there's a bit of shame as well and disappointment. Mm-hmm. Like, what do I tell my friends? Yep. You know, I've been marketing this thing. Sometimes I've lost my friends' money. Yep. But then... Often, uh, in the next one, two months, in, in that time of like gray zone, yep. <laughs> really, I'm like, I have no job or anything. Yep. Uh, I get a call. This guy offers me the next project. That's also like, wow. Like kind of Elon Musk kind of like a crazy, crazy thing. Yeah. Uh, and you're on to your next journey. Yeah, on to my yeah. next journey. And, and often these things have totally no relation to any of the things that I've done before. Yeah. It's quite serendipitous, lah. Always, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So it has happened 
so often and I'm like, okay lah, I'll just keep, keep doing it. <laughs> gotcha. Is there still um, a sense of magic and wonder when let's say you go out to the jungle or you go out to a sea? Is there still a sense of magic? Because can, I, can, I can imagine like you have perhaps walked that same path so many times. You have perhaps uh, went out to sea so many times. Is there still a sense of wonder and magic when, when you, say, you go to a jungle overseas? Yeah, I, I think, uh, yes, I always crave, I crave novelty, so I definitely crave that. Yep. But maybe the interesting thing in Singapore, right, coming from, back from Australia, every day I was at the beach, every day I was either surfing or spearfishing, and you know, they like crystal clear waters. Yep, yep. The skies are freaking blue. It just from a visual perspective, it's like hard to beat. So I mm. came back, actually I was not clinically depressed, but I was depressed for about one to two years. Cause Damn. What I cannot surf here. Yep. Then like uh, the closest I do is like kayaking or up pedaling. <laughs> but the wave, there's no waves, and it's like the water is kind of shitty. Yep, yep. But um, so it's been about more than ten years already since I've been in Singapore. Yep. I've met uh so many people recently that inspire me because uh they are so connected to nature here and they keep discovering stuff. You know, mm. they, 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 there's a guy who does like uh, a guided tours in the forest, and I went for one of his tours, and yep. he showed me like the scorpions in the forest that he uses this uh, ultraviolet light and then they sort of glow in the dark. Wow, that's cool. And I even saw deer, uh, what is Samba deer, like, like what? freaking this, bigger than the size of this table. Yeah. That night I saw seven deer. Yeah. <laughs> actual deers. Actual, freaking actual deers, like roving, eating the lawn outside by, beside the highway. You know, yeah. that <laughs> just blows my mind. Yeah. So earlier we were talking about how we find like really cool people doing really interesting stuff in Singapore. I'm finding more and more interesting people in the field of nature yeah. who who are doing uh, appreciating nature in Singapore. Yeah. Uh, and that inspires me. Yeah. Their energy, their passion, and and the kind of stuff and the nature that they are finding. Whoa, it's it's such a discovery, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned that because whenever I hear people talk about. Uh, nature, it's always with the emphasis, oh, I want to get out of Singapore to experience uh, something that Singapore doesn't offer. I want to get out of Singapore to experience nature because Singapore doesn't have quote-unquote nature. Singapore doesn't have the greeneries of, let's say, like uh, Bangkok. Uh, Singapore doesn't have the greeneries, like let's say Vietnam or even Australia. Like We have perhaps a handful of beaches, but let's say, as you mentioned, Australia, it's, it's just vastly different. And what you just shared, it feels like it goes against the idea that actually Singapore has uh, certain parts and certain things that you need to know where to look. You need to know uh, how to, I guess, how to properly experience them and to be, because there's always this idea, oh, the grass is always greener. Literally, the grass could be greener outside, but it's important not to forget about the patch of grass that you have here as well. Yeah, um, I just want to shout out. Recently, I I had one of these magical moments. I I met this um gentleman called Ganesh, mm. and he he started this uh amazing project in Woodlands. He literally converted a, a hill mm. that is full of boulders and and uh like I th- I'm not sure if it's quarry like um I think it is. Yeah, he converted it, and it's huge. It's uh, something like half a football field. Jeez. Is it not? It's massive, right? Yeah. It's really a, a hill, hill, very yep. steep. He converted it into a community garden. Mm. He and some volunteers that is like freaking Alice in Wonderland. 
you go in there, it's whimsical. Yep. It's full of flowers. Yep. It's it's exploding with butterflies and not just does it look amazing visually, so full of life. The passion that he and his team has, right, on on like choosing certain plants to grow because yeah. they are uh, uh, the host plants of some butterflies. It means that like, the butterflies love that plants. Mm. And especially finding some plants, sourcing them from all over Singapore yep. to grow them there. That's incredible. To become like a note to, for conservation of yep. some of these species. Yep. Uh, plus he does things like have events there for people who want to like play music. Yeah, know, yeah. Uh, well, this sounds incredible. Yeah, is this... <laughs> like what the hell yeah well, can find that in singapore yep. and he's doing it out of passion out of his uh own pocket you know like wow i, I i'm 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 finding more and more of these people around and, yep. and that is so amazing you can find that in singapore <laughs> there, yep. there, there's hope man. Yep. do you yeah. feel like it is so Throughout your experience of let's say working on community gardens, talking to people, speaking to let's say of 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 a younger generation, do you feel like we are still um, in early days with regards to uh, doing things like this? Because a decade back, these uh, initiatives, it's I've never heard of it. Like even a decade back, and oftentimes we fall into the idea and fall into the trap that oh, uh, the government should be handling it. It, it shouldn't be our responsibility to do it. But what you shared, it sounds as though uh, it's a very beautiful way of, of I guess, doing things uh, the way the individual wants it, being very tactful. Oh, because um, I'm, I'm taking this plant because this plant attracts a certain type of butterfly and it it doubles as a point of conservation. There is, everything is very uh, intentional. Yeah, so what I'm curious to know is, is, is there like a resurgence or is there like a, are we trending in the right direction? Yeah, yeah. We, we definitely are. Out of necessi- necessity, out of also policy, yep. uh, I'm very, very encouraged what, yep. what, what I see uh, uh, today. Um, and it's all ages. Yeah, I talk about the schools, the, the kids being really um, aware, but also um, when I was tending to the garden at, at the really high uh, farm, it's open to public. And mm. this is office building in CBD, you get all sorts of people coming there. You get the Instagramers, the, the, the TikTokers <laughs> who are doing yeah. the posting. They are, un, they are a necessity in the ecology of life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get the office workers who come yeah. up because they're lunchtime. Mm-hmm. But what, what really struck me is the, the seniors. Many of them come in droves, right? Because, uh, I don't know, they're retired, but mm. there's a certain um, connectedness that they have. Mm. Like, I don't know, uh, like, life is done. To me, what's important is nature. Yep. A certain appreciation of nature. Yep. Uh, they love the gardens, they love the greens. They go there, they ask you all about the plants. So, interestingly, it seems like that's a like cycle of life, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the the children and the seniors. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if the children then are aware, then I think slowly it will, it will move lah. Like yeah. They will they will be more as they grow into the adult life, they will have that respect. And uh, now I'm doing a lot of workshops and also even the the young adults um, in the 30s and 30s and 40s who want to do better for their children they want their children mm. to do well that they're also interested yeah interesting so it seems as though there is more I guess the word is awareness to to take action because I can imagine a problem let's say like uh, dwindling food sources that sounds as though it's such a big problem that 
it could feel almost impossible. Like there's there's always the the thought, oh, it's just my decision. What can I actually do? But it sounds as though that um it's being a little bit more thoughtful about teaching and imparting these these uh knowledge and ideas down to the children and just uh cultivating that that, that culture even within like a family unit. Cause these things are unheard of. Like when I was growing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. It's just about creating that culture yep. and, and the awareness because uh, uh, maybe unfortunately we, we have to, uh, or rather it is easier la, to create certain narratives like this 30 by 30 food security thing is catchy, right? So yes. easy for people to understand. Yeah. Uh, there is uh, narratives about like high-tech farming is yes. more productive. So uh, that is fine. I agree that it is more productive. Um. However, we need to also understand the, the trade-offs. Lah. Like mm. being productive, you have to buy a lot of stuff. You have to import a lot of stuff. Is a lot of capital. A lot of capital, a lot of risk because you're importing fertilizers. You're yep. relying on high amounts of energy um, to be more productive. Yep. So it's not a silver bullet, you know? Yeah. yeah. And high cost as well. So it's not like a one-size-fits-all yeah. solution. Yeah. But on the flip side, uh, if you do the the very naturalistic style of farming, it, the yield is really very low. It's very slow. Mm. So there's no wrong, all right. You can. Yep. Do you want to produce more? You want to produce more naturalistic and more responsibly. Um, it is if a human can understand when to pull these levers, when to apply this knowledge. That's the best thing that that can happen. Mm. Having a knowledge for everything and then applying it when it when it when it. Uh, most matters because if, uh, interestingly in nature right is there's a lot of redundancy yes like if you were to really I mean it's just like uh, a bit cheesy but imagine guys have so much sperms right but yep. <laughs> if every single sperm became a child there's way too many right but yep. out of all that millions or billions only one actually succeeds yep. same for like fruits right so many seeds but most are meant to fail mm, yes, yes. Uh, so it's always a bit of a redundancy and it's also on a needs basis where they take certain things that they need so mm. they, the plants only take nutrients that they need when they need it but um, with with uh, our, our, our lives of efficiency engineering it, we we think that everything needs to be precise mm. but that, that is not how nature works right yep. um, so it's okay engineering has its benefits but yep. yeah having the understanding really helps you to gain a bigger broader perspective like it's not just you don't just have to do precision all the time yep. like it can break and it will break yep and if it breaks, what do you do? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you... I Oftentimes, I feel that gardening or doing anything with regards to nature feels like the antithesis of what Singapore has kind of branded itself to be. A place of efficiency, a place of pragmatism, and a place of very efficient outcomes or very predictable outcomes. But nature, as we talked about, and gardening is anything but uh, efficient. It's anything but predictable. And you might not even get outcomes. <laughs> yeah, I, I also ask myself this question, right? Because like, I, I really like the idea of uh, homesteading or self-sufficiency. Literally, you grow everything that you need, everything mm. from the carbohydrates, your your grain, your yep. rice, to the fruits, vegetables, or that. Yep. Uh, but we have gone down this path where that is physically not possible. Uh, so what do we do, right? Mm. Do we... I mean, either with Thanos or we just say, <laughs> like, let's hope that. <laughs> Thanos, Thanos might not work. <laughs> yeah, we only have 1,000 people <laughs> left in Singapore, then, then we are truly sustainable. Let's for, be practical. For a bit, uh, until we start consuming more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. 
Otherwise, the alternative is I just accept that we we can't la, and then mm. how do we best uh uh work around it law? Yeah. yeah. So no silver bullet. I think yeah, there's a certain amount of branding that we have to keep up. Yep. Uh, if not, it'll be hard to. If we don't have money, then we cannot do certain things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you're just trapped in that equation where yeah. you can't solve the problem. Correct. Right? Correct. Yeah. So my my solution is. <laughs> Learn about how this all works, but have that respect for for all these things, and try your best to find that middle ground, lah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I do. For example, even the way I have to manage gardens for clients, oh, uh, interesting. Or edible gardens or yeah. farms, right? Yep. Uh, there's a certain perception that things need to be manicured because of how we live in Singapore. Everything's manicured, and yeah. you don't see the farm worker actually pulling out of grass all the time. What do you mean by manicure? Oh, okay. so so even in the landscape. Um, in okay, the way nature works is is wild. Like yes. grasses will come out, everything, and you yeah. go to a forest. I mean, it doesn't hurt your eye, right? But actually, what you don't realize is there's so much overlaps, there's so much diversity there. But when we look at landscapes, uh, everything's like in in certain pattern and a certain line. So actually, it has to look presentable. Yeah, yeah. There's a certain uh, look and feel, which you know, uh, uh, landscape designers have spent a lot of effort learning about what works for yep. the human perception. Yeah. So. And energy goes into making this thing. And we have yes. been conditioned from a young age that a certain thing is more pleasing to us than, yes. a, than the other thing. So yep. if I have an edible garden that has grass, grass is not actually bad for ecology. Actually, it's better for ecology holistically. Interesting. Because it uh, feeds the soil. It stores carbon. It's a, it's a reversing climate change. <laughs> That's <laughs> then, so magical. Then having, yeah. then having no grass. Yep. Uh, and then plus grass has seeds and flowers yep. and attracts butterflies. Right? So... But human perception com- confirm complained by the client like why why got grass there yeah mm. you're not you're not it's not well kept yep. you are not doing your job yep very hard to change impossible to change and not just the 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 clients who are paying for you but also the 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 people uh all the Singaporeans who walk by the garden <laughs> they are conditioned already so they will they will feel like you the hotel is not doing their job or, mm. so no choice yep. so we have to spend a lot of time weeding. Putting out grass. Yep. But it's sort of like a necessary evil, right? You know. Is it is it about choosing have you learned to choose the type of battles that you want to fight for? Like some things like this, you give and take. Yeah, correct, yeah. correct. Yeah. So like maybe the bigger picture is people go to a space, they overall they like are super impressed by it. Maybe they they don't know a single thing about growing food, but they see this nice garden. Um, they see some tomatoes there, they take some photographs, they talk about it. That is a little uh insp- inspiration that they get, mm. they receive. They're like, oh, you can grow these things here. Cool, nice. Yep. yep. Yeah. And, and honestly, Singaporeans quite fucku. When I was growing something <laughs> like corn, they're like, oh my god, corn. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, but that's how disconnected we are. That even something so simple like like that intrigues them and excites them. Yeah. And that's that's cool. That's okay. Then let's do more of that, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Um. Th- so. If, if, if we look at the equation with regards to this idea of sustainability, there is one part of it where you are trying to find alternative sources. You are trying to, to work on that part. But I think the other side of it is the consumption part. And do you have any thoughts about, I think, I think you mentioned early on, it's about food wastage, about respecting it, about, uh, not consuming as much as, uh, perhaps what we're used to or, over-consuming. I mean, this idea, you, you, you can try to find uh, sustainable sources all you want, but if you're not mindful or you're constantly over-consuming, it's not going to help. Yeah. 
I wish I will I could give you the model answer, <laughs> which unfortunately I won't because uh it's very complex lah. Okay, mm. so let's say we, we stop consuming, right? What will happen? The farmers in, in Thailand, Australia, yeah. yeah, they get they get less income. Mm. Uh if we stop consuming um trade can flow. Um if we if we stop consuming we there are a lot of intangible repercussions that will affect a, a, a greater system uh, at yeah, play in short in short yeah that, that is the, the consequence yeah. and and in nature like there's redundancy like your stuff drops on the, f- the the durians drop on the forest floor it becomes food for for mm. the other insects and animals yes. in there. so it's meant to be cycling naturally um so yeah it, it helps to be mindful but it's like but on the other side we also like novelty, ma. We like to to try new things. We yeah. like to to eat the the sea urchin from Japan. <laughs> it's like or the human nature. octopus or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I don't have a solution to that. I I really feel like do what you can. Just be aware. Um, Singapore is 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 a, a really tough spot. We can't. We, we really. I think it's in our DNA to not be able to stop trade stop food Mm-mm. flowing through here novel yep. foods so that's why that's also why being self-sufficient and all the local farms are struggling because you have mm. all these other options that are cheaper yep. uh, sometimes tastier better yep. yeah so, so it's the eternal problem of looking at our neighbors but neglecting let's say whatever farms and whatever we have locally because of all the, the the variables that you mentioned. Yeah, it's, it's nobody's fault. Like the local farms could be producing great vegetables, but I mean, it's cheaper. Then I'm I'm if I'm I'm poor, then I just go for the cheaper stuff. Yeah. yeah. So mm. if, if if we're talking about how Singapore has, I think in recent years, uh, tried to push several uh, of these initiatives. If we were to to think project ourselves, let's say by by twenty thirty, mm. what do you think is a realistic scenario that? Uh, could happen. Okay. I mean, we have the idealistic yeah. moonshot, of course. Uh, we grow whatever and we sustain on that. But what what do you think is realistic? Okay, I, I like the idea. I like the the vision and the and the having that number is catchy. It's good. It's to very good towards. marketability. It's yeah. it's good that okay. We think of that. We need to grow more food and consume more food. That is great. I would flip it around. Let's change the incentive structure to grow better food that the farmers uh are proud of. So like, let's say mm. I'm an expert or I I spend. Let's say I'm a uh. I'm a new farmer, yep. but I am very drawn to growing apples. I want to be the best apple grower I can be in Singapore. Yeah. And then I have my market. Uh, I'm resilient. I have my following. And I dedicate my life's work into growing better apples. Um, so it's not just restricting to be... Because now there are regulations. I mean, the, the incentive structures are to grow certain kinds of crops. Oh, yeah. interesting. And there's a certain pressure to hit uh, yield... Um, and and that and a lot of farm, a lot of people who who join the industry are businessmen and yep. they're not farmers lah. Mm, there's, so, so there's that, a difference in the way they they conceive of the incentive as well. Correct, and also the lack of knowledge and all that, right? Yep. So they end up given the short time span of having to set up a farm, right? What they do? Oh, I find a supplier, a uh, a system provider who can grow this thing, pump it there, uh, put it there, and then I I just bah, hope oh, that I flip the switch. <laughs> like play games, oh. yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, uh, freak man, not so easy lah. Like, even if you flick the switch, and nobody's buying that, yep. that stuff. And then, yeah. So, so, uh, my my recommendation is let's grow stuff that we're all proud of, and then it gets everybody excited. If I really 
I'm so excited about the Apple myself, right? Yeah. People will feel this joy and confirm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'll be honest. I, I've never, growing up in Singapore, I've never heard of anybody wanting to be a farmer because it feels so, uh, the word is far-fetched and a bit impractical. Like only until when I went for uh, my NS, I realized that there's farms in Singapore because they're oftentimes located uh, in, in the far, I think Pasir Ris is one. Yeah. I think uh, Woodlands. It's, it's just very far away from any semblance of, let's say, uh, city life. Yeah. Yeah. So, so do you imagine like with, with the scenario painted about the apples, perhaps it is possible to to pursue some semblance of farming uh, yeah. as, as, as a profession in, in Singapore? Uh, tricky question. I would say there's a spectrum. Yep. So it's okay. I think it can start with a hobby and, and being able to do it full-time would be would be great. Mm. Uh, but it needs to have space and time to develop, which is what we are not giving our farmers. Space and, and time. Yeah, we're not yeah. cultivating this uh, uh, appreciation of the craft of farming. Mm. We are just hoping that tech will solve everything. <laughs> I mean, that's how we've been trying to solve a lot of our problems. Uh. And and we uh, want our cake and we want to eat it. So yeah. it's like, if if you want to support the farmers, then you got to support it. You got to uh, create an environment that people can take risks, where they can fail fast, where they can try out different things. Uh, and I think that having this diversity of types of produce um, that's also beneficial to the whole ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I I know there's like a thing about eating leafy vegetables, but <laughs> like leafy vegetables, vegetables are vegetables, lah. <laughs> like, you know, like, seriously, it's not the end of the world, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> if, you, yeah. if you don't eat this, uh, lettuce, you know. But and also did some math. Um, but you might want to fact check me, lah. But <laughs> if every Singaporean grew had one meter square of yep. space yep. and grew their own vegetables, we will be self-sufficient for leafy vegetables. So like your lettuces or bok choice. Oh, wow. Yeah, but depending on certain types of, yep. of, of vegetables, yeah. So uh, then we don't need to have this narrative of like, let's have a vegetable farm thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, then, and many of them are, are, are struggling and feeling. Yeah. yeah. Is it because it requires uh, a certain, a certain level of upkeep and care and concern because we can have a very nice idea of a community garden, but a community kind, uh, a, a community garden kind of implies that it belongs to the community, and I guess the cynical look at it, it belongs to no one because it's everybody's. So yeah, there has to be like there has to be like people, I guess, uh, taking ownership and being responsible for it to 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 do the ugly stuff as well, not just about the 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 presentable things to look nice and when it's growing, but even when it's not growing or when you have to move the soil, you have to do all these different ugly and manual things. You have to have someone responsible for it. Yeah. Uh, so I don't look at any of that as ugly. I, I, I love to do all this uh, every day. Like it brings me so much joy. Like being able to compost your own, taking food waste, turning that into compost, yeah. then using that More to grow your to plants. You, <laughs> it's like, wow, it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful story. La. Yep. And, and uh, yeah, so I think if we we enjoy it and it makes a lot of sense, yep. yeah, we, we can do it. But I mean, let's, with, with that everybody growing their own stuff uh, community gardens do have that, that, that struggle uh, this term called tragedy of the commons tragedy of what is that which is like you have a common space and you you like love all and give all then like nobody takes responsibility mm. yeah 
so that has to be actively managed. You need somebody who mediates or somebody who sets the direction or certain incentive structures need to say that, okay, community guys need to grow certain things, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think people can even grow indoors. Like we can even grow with hydroponics. We can even mm-hmm. grow with indoor lights, you yeah. know, like, like just open more diversity means more resilience. Yep. Yeah, I can grow along your HDB balcony. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think once we create that culture, then then it'll be cool. It'll be more fun. Then yeah. I think less pressure because honestly, a commercial uh business, any commercial business, when it reaches a size, there's a lot of pressure that you have to do. You cannot do fun things anymore or less, less uh, risk at first. R- yeah, there's this opportunity to do creative or fun things sometimes. Yeah. So same for, for vegetable farms. They, they are able to explore the craft side of things to, uh, to go into um, optimizing nutrient density, optimizing flavor, optimizing texture. Yeah. Yeah. Does have to grow cheap, fast, sell it, volume. Yep. Yeah. Then so you're pay, just optimizing for a different kind of equation which yeah. is cheap and fast instead of, let's say, a different kind of texture, flavor profile. Because yeah. can you can imagine to, to optimize for that flavor profile and being a bit, uh, have, having a different kind of texture, it's, you need a lot more thought put into it. Yeah. And that's where the craft of it comes yeah. in, where if you are more business focused, business minded, it might not be as appreciated. Because mm. if you can make volume, you can sell a lot. <laughs> I guess on, on, on the balance sheet, it looks good. La. Yeah. And, and honestly, Singapore is not a place for volume. La. Let's face it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not, not yep. big enough. And uh, also the incentive of, or the target of ill is, is very misleading because ill is about really weight. What is, what are plants made of mostly? Water? Water, exactly. Oh, did I get it? No, yeah. <laughs> I, know, I just guessed, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you're just holding water and yep. some people game it. They're like, I want to hit this weight. So, I just pump a lot of, oh, make it heavy. La, but a lot of plants yep. are, are best tasting when they are uh, uh, younger, tender, uh, not heavy and yep. old and, and fibrous. So, yeah, I'm really against this ill thing. Yep. So, it's a good thing, but you cannot just be like purely yield alone, you know, really yeah. holistic. So we have to take the a look at the bigger picture, like yeah, not just zoom to, in so much on just one certain caveat of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you want to game it, easy to game, I just, you grow heavy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> stuff that can hold water, literally, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. So um, being in your shoes, I'm sure you have talked to a lot of professionals, you have talked to a lot of people about nature, gardening, the ecology. I'm curious to know, what do you feel uh, we are not talking about what is, is something that you feel very strongly about that you feel that we're, we're not discussing about? Uh, or have we generally, are we talking about all the right stuff and everything is, is, is <laughs> very like- We're not talking great. about failure. <laughs> we're not talking about all the farms that are, are going under- mm, In because, Singapore. Yeah, yeah, because of policy, because of- uh, um, The lack of, of knowledge. Yep. We are not facing that fact and we're not um we're not we're not dealing with it. It's just like hidden under the rug now. Yeah. Is it so, because we're so focused on the new and the sexy that when we're just kinda uh ditching away what people who have been in this business for like 20, 30 years? I mean it's not a nice story for I think for government who prints so much money, mm. taxpayers' money, <laughs> like, yep. for grants and all that. Uh fair enough. Yep. But um I think we need to learn from it, lah, and then we need to uh, also. I think there's there's some there's a little bit of 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 steps of like reaching out to the farmers, the practitioners themselves. But I think not enough. I think mm. we we need to get the operators involved. Whatever policy we are doing, like hey farmers, 
this is our, our grand vision. What do you think? Can or cannot? Mm-hmm. You know? uh, so basically, it sounds like having a seat at the table and actually talking yeah. with people who have been doing this maybe for most of their lives. Yeah. I, I love that government is great in like wanting to champion stuff but I think we can spread ownership and responsibility to practitioners to the citizens then when people take responsibility they also don't want to fail huh? they don't want to they also spread they have share, a, share a there, risk you know yep. uh, I hope that conversation happens more uh, in, in, a, in a food policy yep. uh, it does happen in very small like uh, focus groups yep. but is is we need to get like meet ten people and it's not not in regular enough. But it sounds like something that has to exist on a uh, a government a governmental level that you can actually start pushing things in the right direction together. Yeah, so yeah. it's a, it's a get buy in from the 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 people who are doing the work. Yes, and uh, I recently went to the Netherlands. Uh, and uh, it's a business trip, business governmental trip organized by. And the press Singapore and yep. we want to visit some agri tech yep. places. And, and I love that they have this restaurant private public partnership. So Ooh. governments and, and uh startups, they are like very, very, very uh collaborative. And it, it is their part of their DNA. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that is super amazing, lah, because they there's a ability to test bit ideas and have open conversations. You know, Dutch are very, very direct people, Mm-mm. uh very open. So that that is a nice thing to have. I think yeah, if we can have some of that, more of that, it would be great. Is it possible yeah. to transplant those ideas into Singapore, or do you think we'll run into some sort of cultural issues or some yeah. sort of? I think I think we're very similar culturally yeah. as them. <laughs> we are like looking about efficiency and all yep. that. Uh, I think the magic happens when you just have a a, a ecosystem, and then things just people just figure stuff out together right you just have less the, the objective is to have less barriers mm-hmm. and create more connections yeah yeah then it overall becomes more resilient uh and more cool things can happen in in this uh scenario as well yeah yeah, yeah. so i think very very possible very doable and it's not difficult literally you just have more makan sessions uh, more get together sessions whatever they're doing now with some of these consulting sessions it's great just do more of it yeah and listen more and and uh, listen more. Um, <laughs> suggest less. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like Singapore needs to find a different kind of playbook for perhaps the next decade? Maybe not just in in farming and agriculture, but just in general. Because I think a lot of the playbook that we have adopted has gotten us to this place uh, of uh, arguable luxury and a certain sense of privilege is kind of slowly being outdated because you're, you're competing with uh, the rising economies in, in the other Southeast Asian countries mm. and you're kind of getting squeezed on the other end with regards to the Western countries as well. So I guess the playbook that we have is is or is already outdated and we have to find uh, new ways to to just change the way we're we are, we are thinking, change the way we're even perceiving these things and yeah. to, to start valuing uh, not just theoretical skills, not just about hate knowledge and stuff like that, but just start valuing different kinds of skills. Completely. I, I wonder how it will be like, right, if we remove the outcomes, like the, the KPIs are no KPIs. Yep. <laughs> what if we use the same budget for uh, grants or whatever to develop technology, but yep. it's just to, just give. Lah. Yeah, just give. Mm. I, I, I'm curious to, to see how that happens. Um, maybe there'll be 
maybe it might turn out absolutely wrong, but yeah. I feel like with the the very high focus on outcomes, like that is a is a bit of a cock blocker for innovation and magic to happen. Yeah. Have you have you tried this idea uh with regards to the projects that you have run before? Um Mm, I would say grants have been a, a, a more of a mostly a bin than actually a, a interesting reward because you might start off an idea and you go for the grants yeah. and because you have to hit the milestones maybe like uh, one two months into your in your project you mm. realize that that thing is not working out but then you're so cash trapped that you need the money to continue for the next few months and then you have to keep doing that thing that doesn't work and it will eventually lose you money in oh, the long term dear. to meet that whatever production targets yep yeah, so actually you're killing the business mm-hmm. uh, uh, long long term. But yep. for short term, you got to do it. Yep. Uh, what I found that there's one grant that I had with this uh, uh, local um, company. They had the milestones, but they were open to listening and, and they were chill about yep. you not meeting milestones. Like, oh, your, your goalposts have shifted. That's cool. Uh, let's just go with whatever you have worked with and we'll yeah. still give you the money. So yep. that was a nice like, understanding. La. I think that's yep. like being very human, you know, yep. just listening and... and being there for, for and I guess that's life as well. I mean, life with all its complexities and stuff like that. You, you can just write out your goals and whatever life is on a piece of paper and expect to stick to it. Two years down the road, things change, goalposts move. It's about dealing with it and trying to adhere to, I guess, the rigidity of what you wrote two years back when things were different. Sometimes could lead to failure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So I think a more systems thinking approach. Um, working with the original neighbors i think there are a lot of creativity out there they can do it at a much lower cost and there's definitely some value here so if we can just connect the dots uh, they'll be really amazing yeah but, but we are i, I am afraid of singapore yeah. like losing its competitiveness yeah. so, the, that, one, so the one, one question i have is what why why do you want to build in singapore and not just go to some place like this in Malaysia, yeah. Australia, uh, the countries you've visited before to build there because it sounds as though it could be a lot more attractive. You could actually uh, envision something different over there. What What is so special about Singapore? Yeah. Uh, I like fixing stuff that's broken. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, that presupposes that Singapore has a broken system. Yeah, it does, it does. So when I when I wanted to do the homesteading thing, in Singapore, there's no land for me to do it practically. But then I found that there's opportunities to do it uh, decentralized such as doing it in schools but sure I don't eat all the produce but I'm teaching these guys to do it mm. or giving them the value so the 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 intangible uh, is what I'm actually uh, feeding them yeah yeah and that is what excites me that's what keeps me going because yeah I could start a commercial farm overseas mm. and, and I have the 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 fundamentals of doing that, but yep. it's maybe not as fun as mm. being able to see the change in the behavioral change in, in a, a little boy who now understands how a cricket tastes like yeah. and is willing to uh, eat a cricket over um, a beef. Yeah. Yeah. Or just understands how biodiversity works. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is more valuable for me at this point. And I guess in a strange way, it relates back to to gardening and, and, and your efforts with it because a lot of these uh, things that you just mentioned, it will not bear fruit. It might not bear fruit or it might bear fruit really long into the future and you can't predict what type of, uh, I guess, intangible soft impact you might have on, on the people you talk to, the people you meet, the kid 
who attended one of your workshops, yeah, you 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 can't really predict what they might do in the future as well. Yeah. So pe- people always ask, what can I do? Because they get paralyzed. Like, you can't grow enough food. You can do so many things. You can do what you can. It, it doesn't just have to be you growing food in your balcony. Um, the, you know, it is just about everybody has a certain uh, experience whether you're doing IT or yep. and you can bring that to food you can bring agriculture uh, you can invent the next robot that can you know who knows yeah. who knows sky's yeah. the limit really exactly and I think instead of being paralyzed by what we can't do out there what we can't control yeah. we can literally whatever little thing we can do we just do Yeah, yeah. even if it's a hobby even if it's just uh, interesting yeah. uh, there's so much we, we can do um, it sounds as though it's it's about refocusing um, uh, the locus of control back to yourself and not mm. be so, um, as you said, paralyzed. Because if you t- if you do tune in to uh, whatever the global news is, whatever is happening around the world, I mean, it is pretty fucking dire. But it's also about just being. Uh, I don't think the word is ignorant, but being comfortable and being at mm. peace and knowing, hey, I can do this. I can go down to the local farm. I can do this for X amount of time. And this is my small contribution to 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 this this greater problem. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Fascinating. Um, You mentioned greenwashing. And what is that? Uh, I'm just curious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is greenwashing? It's like you, you do a little bit of, uh, like you're doing a lot of bad to the environment mm. and then you do a little bit of good and you, you shift the focus as if you are, uh, doing a lot of good as if that, that little, you know, tree planting activity can offset all the carbon that you're, you're, you're burning, yep. right? Like this net zero thing. Yep. You know, I like, can imagine it's unfortunately quite common. It is, it is. Yeah, yeah. it is. And and honestly, sometimes I have to do projects with uh, clients that you obviously know it less is. Less than la. favorable. Yeah, yeah, less than favorable. <laughs> but I mean, the project itself, it is impactful, but it's yep. small. And they didn't, they put a lot of marketing efforts to that. Yeah. Mm. So, so in, in consideration of all these things, uh, that you know that uh, whatever is being pitched to you, you know that, yeah, on the back end, whatever you're doing, it hurts the environment a lot more. Um, how do you stop yourself from falling into a sense of total nihilism, like everything's pointless? How do you stop yourself from just saying, fuck it, why am I uh, putting so much of myself at stake on my life, my time, everything you can come up with? Why am I doing this? Yeah. How do you stop yourself from falling into a sense of total nihilism and just saying, fuck it? Yeah. I have gone on that that, that, <laughs> okay. that that path, and I was like, "What is it?" I was like, literally searching for the silver bullet for what's a gold standard for for saving the world for um, reducing energy, and then I'm like, I found the answer lah, which is there is none. <laughs> All <laughs> Shit. This zen Shit, there is none. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and like you also ask yourself real questions. Do I literally not want to go travel anymore? Like, because I know planes burn a lot of fuel. Exactly, everything has a, a tie into something yeah. else that would affect this this uh, global uh, idea. Yeah, yeah, like damn it, I really love traveling, and yep. and I cannot. I don't want to sacrifice that law. So yep. I know that, killer. Okay, I have to live with with that uh, consequence. Yeah, and I I shan't be a. Uh, uh, hypocrite so if I'm doing that then companies who are having to do this for profit and are, are giving livelihood to thousands of people like 
okay, this is what they need to do. Lah. Mm. Yeah. And then in terms of maybe causing this environmental impact. Yeah. Uh, what I can do is I can do what I can. Lah. So work with these guys and then whoever comes from that company comes to do activity with me. Me, they get inspired, they get they get the knowledge, then cool, they go back with with uh, a bit more wokeness. <laughs> and maybe they start enacting smaller changes yeah. on in, in their house or in their, let's say, the balcony. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so I accept there's not there they live in an imperfect world. There is no perfect solution. There really is no perfect solution. Uh I the the yeah, it, it's hard. Even even like honestly, even if you're you were hunter-gatherer, you lift off the land, no perfect solution also. Uh, you, there'll be days that you go hungry. Mm, yep. Um times where you might not have water, you yep. might die of malaria, yep. you, you have all these disease, or you yep. might get killed by uh, uh, some tiger, you know? Yep. It's rough. It's always going to be rough, yep. no matter what, right? Yep. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think having, uh, I think in society, living in a city, living in a house with all the, these creature comforts, sometimes you do forget how uh, difficult life could have been 20, 30 years ago that you just get used to so much of these comforts that if something were to happen, I think a lot of us would have no idea what to do. <laughs> like with regards to, I mean, the most recent example is COVID. When that happened, everything got shut down. There was a bit of a, a existential panic because it's like, oh, what's going to happen? I think one of the earliest uh, problems that arise was the food thing. There was uh, a shortage because you can't import certain things in. There was a lot of restrictions. And then there was like the mass uh, panic with regards to certain essential items. Yeah. yeah. I think we, I mean, it's 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 perhaps part of the 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 psychology to just get comfortable to get used to things. Anything that that just happens, but we tend to forget how I guess disconnected we are with regards to nature. Yeah, yeah. And and I think crisis uh force us to to reset a way we look at things. Mm. It forces us to question things, and it's a good thing. Yeah. On a bigger picture, um, that's why I I am not against crisis. That's why it has helped. It has, I experienced it a lot and it has helped me. So uh, I, I do look at what <laughs> opportunities I can find in the, in the next crisis. Yeah. yeah there, there's always going to be things to- Was there a recent example that kind of uh, uh, shifted your perspective on things? Um, well, in, in the COVID period, I was doing this like food uh, grocery startup. Yep. Uh, business went up 30%. Fantastic. And my life was great. Then I was like, I'm so busy. I'm like, you know, live, I can still go out every day yeah. to work normally. Uh, and I'm feeling very secure. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting all, some, all these supplies. I feel like here. you're going to say something <laughs> dead. <laughs> uh, yeah, but also that's personal crisis, even with like uh, having resistance from what I do with people close to me. Mm. It's a hard journey, but uh, like with my parents, uh, they, they didn't understand uh, this thing. Obviously, it's Did it take a lot of convincing? Uh, it's not even convincing. It's, not, it's like pure fighting, <laughs> pure arguing. Yeah. But but now they are, I'm so, I'm so thankful. They are so supportive. And having overcome that, like now I know the, the you know, how to overcome a, a situation like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, it brings me a lot of uh, confidence and uh, assurance uh, yeah. uh, that 
even a human challenge like that can be overcome. Yeah, uh, because I would imagine, yes, you have all the global challenges and global crisis and whatever, but a lot of these interpersonal uh, issues you face because they are from your loved ones. I would imagine yeah. that they feel a lot. Uh, they, they feel very different because it's not like they're, 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 they're saying these things or they're doing things to you uh, out of malice, but out of concern. And I think on your end, you're, you might be pretty stubborn about it because you feel very strongly about it. And it's just about uh, making, making, proving them right or pr- proving yourself that, that you can actually do this. Yeah. Actually, you can succeed and, and, and uh, have your own uh, idea of success when, when, when it comes to these things as well. Because it's so, I guess the word is unproven. It's so foreign. Yeah, if you tell, I would imagine if you tell your parents if you wanted to be a farmer back when you were 16, 17, it's always like, what? <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, how? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't blame people for being comfortable. It's, mm. it's often a systemic thing that incentive structure allows them to be comfortable. That's fine, yep. you know. Uh, yeah. When shit is the fan, then you can call me. Call la, me. La. <laughs> but, so yeah. what, what I'm curious to know is, um, is there a saying or is there, are there things in the space that is commonly agreed upon that you disagree with? Is there such a thing? Like something, is, does anything come to mind? Uh, hmm. Okay, I think there's this, I, there is nothing that I disagree on other than the myopic view of things or the, the single source of truth, right? Uh, I think there's also a, Okay, so that's not, I sort of don't disagree with this, but like the idea of chemicals is very controversial. <laughs> uh, using chemicals with regards to growing Oh yeah, things. sorry. Growing, uh, chemicals with regards to growing things, either as fertilizer mm-hmm. or as pesticides, right? So even I myself am learning a lot more about these things and I'm also opening up to this idea of like, maybe I'm wrong, right? Because the wrong. idea of mm. chemicals being bad. Um, so I've, I've done a lot of time in like organic farming and... To me, that's the gold standard, lah. Yeah. Respect to nature and all that. Then, but then if you look at it from a science level, like isn't everything derived from nature somehow, right? You actually like, whether it's a chemical process, like the elements and the yeah, chemicals, exactly, yeah. right? Uh, whether you're getting nitrogen, phosphorus. Yep. Yeah. So that's one way you look at it. Maybe it is it is okay. And then also with how like uh, with the advent of these synthetic fertilizers, uh, we've been able to grow food so fast and yes. so much, right? Yep causing uh, livelihoods to improve and all that, yeah. So the, the point is, I, I really don't know anymore. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I'm too zen now. I'm like, yeah. everything, I can see both sides of it. Yep. And uh, yeah, so. But it's also very strange, right? Because you have this, I would imagine like a prior worldview about being, you mentioned very organic. I would imagine being very authentic and respecting uh, nature. But you also don't want to be so, um, uh, you also don't know, you also can see the other side of you, let's say using chemicals, using decent synthetic compounds. But I can imagine it would be a, quite a dissonance where at, at what point do you feel like you're just uh, compromising and just yeah. incorporating it for the sake of incorporating it on? Because if you do incorporate it, then it kind of throws your previous worldview into uh, chaos because it's technically not authentic anymore. But then, using that one, let's say, it, it does make sense. It makes a lot of sense to use it. Yeah, but then you're just uh, kind of convincing yourself, oh, it's from nature and everything. These compounds, they also exist in nature. They're not that systemic. I don't know if you, if you, if, 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 if these are the, 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 the internal struggle that you actually look with because growing from, from I can imagine they're so distinct. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So these are the kind of things I, I deal with every day. My, my, my brain is just like, uh, what's what's happening? Yeah. 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 So, so I struggle. I struggle with, with this, like, what, what's right, what's wrong? Mm. I don't know anymore. Yeah. Is there a narrative that I should pursue? Yeah. Am I being used by some other people to pursue this narrative? Yeah. So how, how, how do you figure a way forward knowing that there is so much uh, noise uh, with regards to your, I guess, the space you inhabit? How do you uh, figure out a way that is comfortable to yourself to move forward? What, what do you always uh, draw back to? What, what reminds you of, mm. of what, what is the, not say the right way, but yeah. how do you find the, the courage to even take a step forward and to move here? Yeah? yeah, so I, I best like to do things by, by myself and try it by myself. So if, mm. if I grow it, I eat it, I know this practice has worked for me. Yep. Then when I speak of it, I speak confidently and with, with truth. Lah. Yep. Uh, if if it's not something I have done it, then I will not um, advocate it. Like I will not say that I've done it before, lah. Yep. But I can I can talk about both its pros and cons. Yep. Uh, so it's more like a very honest, uh, experiential life that I hope to to do. So so I I I would continue. I continue to try to do more things and build on these experiences, so that when I speak, uh, I speak with more. Um, uh, power and 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 convince convincing. Actually, I forgot a word for it, but authority. Oh, yeah, yeah, just, just authority. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it is also part of my sorry sidetrack bit, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I was growing up, I I struggled a lot with the school system. Um, because uh, I think I'm a very constant learner. Like I need what to do, I mean? need to do stuff. Ah, uh, I cannot. Theory often doesn't work for me. There wasn't a lot of those back then, yeah? yeah other than d and which I, I <laughs> loved a bit, yeah, yep. and art. Yep. Uh, and also, it, it went all the way through university. Mm. So, and I always struggled at school, so I always thought I was like a dumb kid. Mm. Uh, only in my 30s, I was reading a bit more like, hey, am I? There's something I hear wrong with me. Then I, I learned there are like conditions of like dyslexia and ADHD. Yep. And only like just got tested. And like, yep. Oh, okay. it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, now. it makes a lot more sense. Um, see, I don't even know what my point is, but I jump all over the place. But yep. uh, yeah, so I think it, my point is it's, it's part of my personality also, lah. So it's not like I will give advice to someone to to do to live like where I, I live. Yep. It, it really is understand, maybe observe patterns and and figure out what works, what works for you, yep. who you are. And if it works for you, then the more you learn about yourself, I think that that changes everything. You question, learn to question all your assumptions. Yeah, has has that helped you in in kind of uh, fitting the pieces together as the, the the makeup of this person called Christopher? Has it helped Correct. you to to paint? a better internal picture of like this, have you just having awareness of, oh, this has happened before. Why is this happening? Why am I not so focused? But I, I prefer learning. It's not that I don't like learning, but I like learning in this particular way, but it's just not provided for me. And now I can uh, not hinge a lot of assumptions about myself just because I hate learning and stuff like that. Correct, correct. So exactly, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in an environment mm. uh, where I can thrive in. Mm. Uh, like a plant. Term, <laughs> my, my friend used this term called uh, your zone of genius. Mm. Oh, brilliant. Uh, where you're in your flow and that for me is actually literally being hands-on whatever, especially like I love like gardening or cooking. Yeah. Sharing this with people, yep. uh, getting that human connection. Yep. Yeah, that, that for me is like, wow, I can not stop doing that for days. I don't even eat, I don't even sleep. Yeah. I can just do that. Yeah. Uh, and when I feel 
crappy is when I'm out of debt or when I'm in in a very like unconditioned environment, looking at a computer a lot. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to remove myself from that environment and also surround myself with the ecosystem of people who mm. are similar, who I can learn from, who are also like that yep. craftsman. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to right right at this point like move towards that that craftsman uh understanding of how to be a good craftsman, how to be a good um freelancer. Yeah. Like Seth Godin says he's a freelancer. He doesn't have assistants. Uh, you know, I before this I'm like very Singaporean. Right? Uh, having a um CEO title is the gold standard of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. But now I'm like, damn, I hate the stuff CEO does, man. <laughs> Freaking like. Whole day pitching yep, and yep. PowerPoint slides yep. and selling a store. Yeah, yep. like why can't I be a freelancer? Yeah, I have pride in being a freelancer and just doing it, doing stuff by myself yep. with your own hands. Like it's a paradigm shift for me. Uh, and I'm just starting this out, but I'm very excited to to be on this journey. And it's only been like maybe half a month where I'm pivoting to this yep. freelance mode, but. Yep. It's been great. <laughs> it's like very f- I w- can I imagine that it's like you're looking at things now with a fresher perspective? Yes. Like it could be the same thing, but you're just seeing things differently. Correct. And through, it's through like the understanding of uh, what works for me, what doesn't work for me. Yep. Uh, and, and taking a bit of that step of bravery and courage to jump into it despite the, the social noise. Yep. That, yeah. I feel like you have jumped into worse things. La. <laughs> but, but, but I think it's beautiful and, and, and thank you for sharing that that you figured it out mm, yeah mm, so mm. um, in the earliest parts of this conversation you talk about travel and I'm curious to know why is travel important to you yeah it is a reset uh, for my brain my soul uh, in terms of sensory experiences like what I see the colours the, the temperature uh, for me, that triggers something in my soul, and that is like my food mm. for for the practice. So imagine it's a craft, right? So my yep. craft is in farming, uh, educating people about nature, about all these different things, uh, culinary, food, yep. taste. I I absorb these things mm. through travel mm-hmm. that I totally have no expectations about. Then I go and feed it through my practice of craft. Ah. Yeah, so it feeds my soul. It feeds uh the actual practice yep. of what I do as well. Yep. Uh and it's super fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you and feel I, yeah. like a need to get out after a certain time of spending in Singapore? Like you just need to get out and travel overseas and experience different things? So interestingly, um that was my thing. Now a days I'm able to be in Singapore more and find that novelty through the people who are doing all these novel oh, things. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So as, as as you look at, let's say, the countries that surround us, is there a particular uh, country or like a particular place that you are fond of? Um, India is all-time favorite of like exotic madness, mm. beauty, yeah. all in the same place, mishmash. Mm. Uh, and I think it's hard to find this sort of rawness, authenticity, um, because... With development, everything is a lot standardized, lah. Yeah. Uh, and and like people who do things the old way with care and yep. love. Yep. Craft. You can actually see that in India. Like mm. if people riding on camels, like wow, very hard to 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 experience. As in riding camels as part of their daily work or commute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Or carrying food or spices on on the back of a donkey. Yeah. 
while still being and uh, having that struggle in life, you know, like, yep. wow. Sometimes you need to see that struggle as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that is that. Yeah. Um, and but, as, oh, sorry. Yeah, please continue. Uh, one of my dreams is to go to Mars. As to reenact the, the Martian, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to <laughs> start a farm to table business there. But why, again, why, why does the idea of traveling to space to a different planet, why does it intrigue you? The unknown, the the potential weirdness and, and loneliness. And yep. It's just new experience. Like. Yeah, it's just like, wow, what, what am I going to see there? Yep. And that journey also quite shag, right? It's like, at least the shortest is like half a year <laughs> to March. I think it's a moonshot whether you survive the journey or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So going back to the original idea of risk-taking. <laughs> yeah. So um, as you started your journey, I think close to like a, a decade ago, and you have visited all these different places. And as these places progress and they're on their slow march towards progress, do you see uh, different facets of let's say like uh, agriculture and farming, do you see them like being torn down and changing as all these countries uh, move towards progress? Um, like they're losing uh, some parts of their greenery because of uh, they're, they're building just new structures, they're, they're building like different cities. Yeah. yeah, it's a constant It's a constant evolution and the grass is always greener on, this, on the other side. So the, the people in rural areas look at the high-tech farms as the gold standard. Interesting. Yeah, so they're like, how do we build... Uh, uh, warehouses, plant factories as the way forward. Then, therefore, having to build a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. And the very progressive uh, urban farms are, are looking at how do I put that biodiversity into my uh, high-tech farms? How do I bring in bees to pollinate my oh, straw, strawberries? Yeah. So they are both looking at each other yeah. where there's something to cover. Le. Yeah. So there's a constant exchange of, of, of knowledge and information. And it's yeah. from it comes from a very practical perspective. Yep. 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 <laughs> like, damn, if I pollinate my my flowers with a uh, human, then it's like not productive. But if yep. I get a bee, then like easier. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so yeah, it's 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 a very paradoxical and it's more like I think a part of the human spirit to always question. Yeah. So Ironically, I sit, I straddle both. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like the, yep. the slut. <laughs> yep. I guess but, nothing ever really stays the same. There's always, there's this idea of uh, constant uh, momentum forward. Mm. Like I'm always trying to pursue, let's say, uh, optimization. I'm always trying to incorporate new things. Like nothing is ever like in, 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 uh, nothing is ever the same. Yeah. I can imagine even if you go back to like a piece of land or like a farm you visited two times, let's say, you know, two times over five years, things are different as well. Yeah, there's always this idea of change. And I think that I can imagine it's like a, a way of looking at things as well. Yeah. yeah. And often, um, like what I do uh, has a certain impact, but realistically, I know like to really move the needle, like I want like a hundred million people eating the stuff that I'm growing. Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. It, it, it needs a bigger power. Yep. Whether it's, it's like a huge MNC yep. or a governmental push. And yep. uh, sometimes it's the time and place. Uh, like it's not mm. the time for that to happen. Yep. For me as a Chris, uh, it's not going to make much of an impact. So yep. it's okay. Uh, I, I don't... Don't lose faith. Uh, I don't force. I don't try too hard mm. Yeah, mm. to build that narrative, to yep. keep going. Yep. I can do it as a hobby or, yep. or for myself. Yep. 
but I I won't be disappointed that I can't move the needle. Yeah. Yeah. But somewhere, sometimes, some space, that narrative is being pushed. And when it's time to push, I'll be like, cool, let me go help you with that. Yeah, because you've already been doing this all this yeah. while. You're just, I guess, biding your time when there's an opportunity to strike. Mm, 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 Maybe TikTok will help move the needle. Like, who knows? Yeah. 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 It's like something like TikTok. I, I actually am ironically it might appear otherwise, but I'm actually quite camera shy and, and social media. That is, is not surprising. I'm I'm very <laughs> yeah, uh private actually. Yep. Yeah. So knowing that TikTok is is a medium yep. and knowing I do have some influence so far because of these opportunities that have landed on me, I'm like, okay, I need to learn how to harness TikTok. Mm. So I'm like trying to understand this thing and go into it. I think you should just have a dialogue with your fucking tomatoes. I think that will probably fly on TikTok. You talking uh, to the tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a fucking good series. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, as, as we wind on this conversation, I want to talk about more uh, weird abstract things. Um, I'm curious to know, have you ever thought about your place in this world? Like with what you're doing? Yeah, have you ever thought about it? Because we talk about ecology, we talk about nature. And, then, and to me, in nature, everything has its purpose. Mm. Even though it might not seem like it, from the the little bit on in the jungle all the way up to the top of the trees, there's everything has a purpose. Everything serves uh, a a greater uh, complex structure of design that we might not even perceive, f- even far beyond our senses. So, what I'm curious to know: Have you ever thought about your place in uh this the 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 space that you inhabit, whatever you're doing? Yeah, I've I've always found it very uh. I'm very fortunate that opportunities have landed, especially leadership positions. Mm. And and like I said, being a farmer is such a like a normal thing that people brush off. It's like being a, a, a housewife, cooking, you know, a food. It's very neglected. Very neglected. Like mm. everybody does it. Yeah. But I've been fortunate that oh, there's a lot of um I just don't know why. Like it's keep getting attention. And i it seems to be like some signs are pointing that there's a certain purpose for mm-hmm. for this attention being pointed to me and yep. it, there seems to be a trajectory of like okay you are you need to send a message so you, you're a messenger of a certain practice yeah yep. <laughs> uh, and people listen to you yep uh, somehow they trust the way you say things <laughs> uh. I don't know a vibe I give like, I don't know for me, I find myself very boring and monotonous yep. but uh, it comes across as trustworthy yep. so um, I realized that is a is a authority that uh, a, a privilege I have and I need to to respect it and, mm. and use it wisely yep. yeah and leverage it law. so since the opportunities are coming instead of shying away like I used to pushing away the um, uh, what do you call it the difficult the, parts oh, it's no more like more like the attention or the encouragement yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah milk it you know utilize yeah. it yeah. tell the story showing up blah. Yeah. yeah, working hard and making it uh, uh, expand, growing that, that side of things. Yeah, so I feel like there's a purpose there. Uh, there's a mission I, I need to do. And and I think my place is always about being the connector, mm-hmm. joining the dots, being quite agnostic. Yep. Yeah, whether it's between farming practices, technology, organic, uh, or people, yep. or re- relationship building. Uh, I seem to be the peace level, la, like, Nobody can get angry with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Ah, Chris is just so zen. I'm yeah. thinking, uh, uh, yep. That seems to be my place, though. Yeah. Mm. I think to to tee up that, I'm curious to know what has farming taught you about yourself. 
that uh, I'm farming with <laughs> it can be organic. <laughs> I'm like it can be it can be messy. It can be it's okay. Like you don't just uh just go just do it. Um, there is no such thing as failure. Like you just try mm. and um most times you'll fail lah. It's meant to fail anyways. Mm. Yeah, 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 and and it's messy. Yep. So uh that that tells me, gives me confidence to be the that, that that crazy random weird guy I am. Uh, and not not look back. Yeah, and not blame myself about regretting any mistakes or decisions. Yeah. Uh, and farming. Yeah. Every day I'm learning. So now I'm literally growing like tomatoes excite me now. Okay. And and this way I'm so I used to grow in a very naturalistic style. Now I'm I'm moving towards a more like learning how to do it more commercial, more curated. I have to go in every morning, go and like shake the 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 petal, the sorry, the flowers of the tomatoes to pollinate them. Mm. Um, but it's also teaching me to be more precise, and is growing a certain part of me. Yep, yep. Yeah. So every day that I practice farming, I uh, sort of reflect it on myself. What what can I take from it? Yep. Yeah. How can I look at myself like that as well? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can I? Can I be like growing this very hard to grow tomato where mm. maybe I can uh, champion a mission or a story that's harder to do yeah. uh, but with great effort <laughs> it can be something awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I think that segues nicely to my second last question. Um, What does growth look like to you? I ask this question because we talk a lot about nature. We talk a lot about uh, gardening, farming and things do grow things oftentimes i mean if depends on how philosophical you want to get if a seed is to germinate and to grow it has a predetermined way of growing mm, because it's mm. in the dna whatever i'm curious to know if you look back on, on your journey what is your are you able to 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 uh contextualize your your growth and your journey and what does the the, the future look like mm. for you yeah yeah um in Nature growth is is uh dependent on the conditions around it. Yeah. And at the right conditions, uh that triggers certain things to happen mm. when it is um a change from wet to dry. Yeah. The flowers will bloom, yep. uh fruits will form. And in the same way, uh I look at my life and growth to me is like observing the conditions and the patterns like there'll be times where it's crappy and, mm. and that and there are literally there are days that I'm super not productive I'm just like <laughs> lying on my bed <laughs> wasting hours every day yeah, yeah. doom scrolling yeah. I'm like damn and then the, there are other times where so much is going on like yep. the environment around me is conducive for me to uh, do workshops teach people so uh, I I think it, it, I just I'm an observer of of what is happening around me, yeah. and when I feel the right time is happening, uh, the growth happens naturally, basically, yeah, and and then yeah, so I'm not I'm not like intentionally. Uh, when I'm bored, I'm, I'm just bored. I, 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 it's really hard for me to go and be actively learning stuff. Uh, but when I'm surrounded by people and there's energy and everything like policy, everything goes like, 
damn and I grow a lot exponentially and you lean into it as I lean well, into it yeah, yeah yeah so yeah it's, it's th- also this idea of being comfortable as you are la, and not being so uh, hard up about oh I always have to be productive or I always have to be let's say positive I always have to be this thing but it's just being comfortable with your current state and mm. being I guess more aware of the 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 variables and the environments around you yeah. and when everything syncs up then you lean into it exactly so when I feel like the stars are aligning it's time for the thing to to happen it's time for the the fruit to to you know get get formed yeah I can feel it already okay then let's go let's go uh chung I'll be like damn tired after yeah. the next one two years but yeah. it's a time man you gotta yeah. uh, uh, surround yourself with all these people and, mm. and work your ass off yeah. and and same way people will, will support you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I don't know I think for for people for like other people who ask me um what can they do to grow I would be like just just be you if maybe your your way of growth is not to take courses mm. or like honestly there are, there are days where there are times where just being a silent and doing nothing you get to observe certain things you have so much time in your head that you get to reflect and, and create yep. certain uh, wisdoms in your in your, in your thought process yeah uh, and that is growth as well exactly yeah, so it's like yeah. wow you yeah. Know, yeah, really really uh, so yeah. so if, if I can surmise I can understand what you're saying growth doesn't just look one way mm, it can mm, look mm. in a multitude of different ways and we have to find the unique ways that it looks like to us la. correct uh, it's not just about being like productive or going for courses yeah mm. I think my last question to you is you have met so you have met a lot of people in your journey and I'm curious to know is what has your journey taught you about people and in in general the human spirit? Mm. Uh, there be assholes, mm. <laughs> there be idiots. Fantastic, very good caveat. Yeah, uh, you can't change them unless they want to be changed. Then just accept it, lah. And uh, I I like to surround myself with people who I respect, who I vibe with. Um, yeah. So there's all sorts of people and. Everybody has their own quirks, pros and cons. Mm. Uh, but I really, really uh, believe that there's so much human potential that we haven't tapped on mm. yet. And people don't even realize that. Mm. Every, I, I, just because of conditioning and all that, maybe we are only at like 1% of our true potential. Uh, and I'm super excited that once we are able to unleash this, yeah. I think it's happening soon. With, going to with, Mars. With, 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 <laughs> no, with, with like awareness, mm. uh, with being able to maybe free up time from doing the other mundane jobs to, yep. to seek the, the people's inner um, selves more. Like COVID was a good example. Yep. People started l- looking inwards. Yeah, I, I, I think people are great. We, we are basically the two, right? We can either be the problem or the solution. Mm. Yeah, so I hope we can be the solution more lah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, as I said at the start of this uh, episode, you are a fascinating individual. Um, I'm curious to know, is there anything else uh, you would like to talk about? Uh, no, I'm just so intrigued by <laughs> what you do as well. <laughs> 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 well, like, I'm curious to know uh, a little bit about your, actually your, yeah, I don't know if you could summarize and, and yeah, share with me also about what your journey has been. Mm, I think I come to realize that 
so in in the space that I inhabit with regards to art and creativity, uh, I come to like the term a creator. So there are different terms to to label what we do. Like illustrators is one of them. Oh, you do graphics, you do visuals. I mean, the most common one is artists. But I find a lot of those uh, uh, words, they don't really fit. Um, I, there's no logical explanation because uh, to to this. But what I've stumbled upon, the word creator, I, 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 it's, it's something I really resonate with, the idea of a creator, because it, it reflects as to how I uh, like to do things. And I'm driven a lot by my own curiosity, what I'm curious about. And what I've realized is that it's a very strange pattern where what I'm curious about today, like today's curiosities is like tomorrow's uh, projects. Mm. And if I look further, it could be uh, like a job or like a profession. And that has been quite true. But I think it's also about being comfortable enough to to uh, take a chance in in identifying or this nagging thought you have. And it's like, maybe I just go and try it. Yeah, and the uh, another common pattern is to always be challenging what you deem as comfortable and trying to do things that are uncomfortable, even though it could be against uh, whatever, even though you could be screaming on the inside, okay, this is so uncomfortable, but it's just to challenge that because as I said, it's also important to realize how, uh, how our brains kind of work in general. It's always to seek comfort, to seek pleasure. It's not right or it's amoral but it's just to understand how it works sure there's a lot of nuance with regards to the individuality and the uniqueness but at the baseline it seeks comfort it always is aligned towards seeking comfort and i think i try to be aware and to give myself like a level of grace and just to be comfortable with okay if there are the days i think oh it's not working i'm not uh creating and just fuck it i go and play games mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like fuck it i go and run or something <laughs> like that. it's just being uh yeah, just giving yourself grace uh, to, yeah. to just not do anything. Or if things are aligned, oh, things are working, let's let's do something. Yeah. And just meeting meeting people. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's uh I can't wait to to see more of your podcast. <laughs> I, I've already scratched the surface, but <laughs> everyone there I see is so passionate about what they do. Yep. So interesting, so cool. Yep. Um uh, I love it. I think this is like this is exactly I bring the environment of of people who who are uh, dream chasers, yeah, mm. and and it's possible to do it as a career, right? Like, yep. Wow, yep. can't wait to to meet more of you guys. Lovely, as I said, you're a fascinating human being, Chris. Um, where can people find you? Uh, where can people look you up? Yeah, yeah. So my name Christopher Liao. Uh, I have a website, so www.christopherliao.com. Yep. Uh, that's Christopher Liao is also on my Instagram, and yeah. Uh, Guess if you Google <laughs> Christopher Dell Farmer, you yeah. should be able to get something. Yeah, Can, like you mentioned about the different uh community farms you have. Is it something that you check in regularly that people can find you there, or is it more like a, a different arrangement? Yeah, so I, I'm pretty chill. Like the community garden is literally like the block beside mine. Wow, that's convenient. <laughs> you can Google it. So uh, it's called Nutopia Community yep. Garden. The address is there. My number is there. Yep. Uh, drop me a line if you want a guided tour by me that's if, cool if I'm available then I'll arrange with you yeah. yeah I think people are a bit shy yeah so they haven't really been contacting me but, <laughs> uh, but you can also visit there anytime it's ungated yeah, yeah. It's and it's an open yeah, area yeah, you can just go in small, you can harvest stuff yeah. um, anytime or so 
yeah, it's chill. I'm, yeah. I'm a chill guy. So yeah, yeah, reach out to me. Man. Evidently, you're a very <laughs> chill guy. Oh, beautiful. Thank you for the conversation, Chris. And thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and feel inspired. If you enjoyed what you heard thus far, do give us a follow on Instagram. And don't forget to share and subscribe. Stay tuned for the next episode.